Yo, it's back. And in this episode, uh, we talk about this Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma, which uh, talks about how social media impacts society and how society impacts social media, really. And they bring in all the people who are part of building those social media platforms. So people who used to work at Facebook, Instagram, Google, uh, Pinterest, and very, very interesting documentary. So we do a little deep dive on it. Not a little, actually, a pretty big deep dive on it. And on this episode, we bring in Adam Protexter. He's been on the show before, director, rapper, uh, comedian. Uh, and Kimberly K. Scott, uh, who's a coach, a author, uh, marketing specialist. She drops a lot of gems on social media marketing, by the way. So make sure you tune in to that. And uh, we actually, yeah, we'll go a little deeper than the uh, documentary. So this was really fun to record. I hope you enjoy it and learn some lessons from it and learn some stuff. So without further ado, episode 177, let's go. You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. And welcome to the Feedback Podcast. My name is Back. I got OB in the house. How you doing, man? What's up, peeps? All right, and we got returning champs today. So, big up Adam Protexter in the Zoom. What up? And we got Kimberly K. Scott returning for the. Uh, you've been on the sh- on the show a lot. I know. <laughs> I was going through videos, <laughs> but we, lo- we we love having you guys. We love having you guys. So, um, we're gonna switch gears a little bit because you know we've been all over the place, and we thought that let's just pick one topic and just go for it, uh, and just shoot this shit just about that. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be reading comments. If you have some, feel free. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about this uh, documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, which is about the horrors of uh, social media. So we all just we all just watched it recently. And I, w- I want to know, like, before we really do a deep dive into it, what do y'all think overall of the documentary? Anybody. <laughs> I I liked it. I thought it was really interesting, and just because uh, I was always one like I I was always kind of aware that like this this algorithm is showing us certain things a little bit like well so, like at least average the advertisements I was I was, I picked up on that that mm-hmm. like okay whatever we're saying like it, it can it can pick up that or it, whatever we browse on the internet it knows where we're going because that's what everything is kind of tailor-made for me like literally like every single I could scroll for five minutes and every single thing is like geared towards OB I'm like everybody's not seeing what I'm seeing right now so I just wanted to know how they were doing that and I want I felt like I kind of learned some of that throughout the documentary. I would have to echo that too. Um, I maybe I've mentioned it before. I'm not sure if I'm saying it again, but uh, maybe six years ago, I worked for a company in Seattle that actually did what they're talking about. So it's the psychology of the internet and like how you do those mm-hmm. Facebook quizzes. So I wasn't actually like uh, ignorant to that information. I knew how all of that worked and I worked in the psychology of it, but watching the movie really showed me how many um, leaders when they, they mentioned Uber and, you know, they had the guy that was the inventor of virtual reality and all of these things, the inventor of the infinite scroll button, you realize all of these different intricate parts. Um, and they said all of these computers were underwater and underground. And I think to me, that's when it really kind of exploded in my head, how much mm-hmm. it had gone. So I really appreciated the intricacy of what they explained to us. 
so that it wasn't just about opinions. It was just like Obi said, I, it's actually showing you exactly. I like that they use the movie in with the documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to show like how it kind of plays in. Mm-hmm. Adam, what do you think? Um, so full disclosure, I have like 20 minutes left because I was watching it right before, but it is fresh in my head. Um, I would also have to like echo what's been said in the sense that I knew I was being manipulated and mined for data and mined for purchases and advertising. And I've participated in it. I've run Facebook ads and I've narrowed down my audience and done that. So, um, I think that it was, yeah, just like Kimberly's saying, it was the breadth and depth and specificity they went into that was really chilling. And just like hearing the people who built it and hearing it from engineers and uh, lawyers and experts, really, uh, that I guess just really deepened it. I wasn't a huge fan. Like, in general, I think it's kind of ironic that documentaries like this uh, are very influenced by the internet because the talking head documentary, like, yeah. I'm always just way more into following people around than a, than a series of interviews and cuts, but they kept it interesting. And um, I think the narrative part that they put in there was a little clumsily acted and didn't always jive, but yes. it was, it was I, nice I, seeing Angel's son from, from Angel playing the, <laughs> playing the bad guy. It, it, it was weird. Like the reenactment is what kind of threw me off. Like that was not necessary because you, you knew it was going to be like, they like over, over the top. So what? Well, if if you took if you took out those sections, I think the movie would be just over an hour long. So I think they honestly that stuff's in there to pad it more than anything. Hey, my attention span is an hour. Don't give me an hour and a half. It's an, it's a ninety a ninety minute uh-huh. movie, but yeah. I think also some people get overwhelmed with information, 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 and they needed an entertainment aspect of it. And you have the 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 guy uh, who's the kid from you you saw him as someone else, but who's the kid from Jade? Um, the kid was uh. Who's the kid that in this movie last night? Who's the kid from? The kid. The, uh, oh, the Righteous Gemstones is a very is a very popular uh, show, right? Oh. Then you had the guy mm-hmm. from Mad Men in there as well. People are going to Pete. You're going to recognize him. So I think that they mm-hmm. needed to balance so much information overload uh, that we start to get like, oh, that's too much because they're so smart. They're such nerds, right? Um, that I think that's what they do it for. I think that's the film part. Oh, but you could speak to that. You work in film and TV. Yeah, just like basically, I think that's the main reason why they did it was it's kind of some people kind of get lost when you just kind of talk tech to them and a day they like their attention span kind of drifts away. So, well, to kind of cut between to, to kind of cut between the kind of that's why you because you, you before we started, you said it was redundant, like they kept kind of showing the same information. Yes, I mean, yes. but it was because it had a purpose because some people kind of absorb information just like. They like it just told to them, and then some want to watch it. Like how, what exactly what you're saying? How does this kind of like go into play? I'd I'd like I like the animation more than the actual reenacting. Yeah, yeah. I but some, I but, but that's so many documentaries. So many documentaries do animation. That's like that's almost half. I like of them. that. I like that better. Because the acting is horrible, it's kind, of, it's over the top, and it's wooden because there's no, there's no like context for the reality of that story other than as a reenactment. I think that's why it's. I actually don't think the acting's bad. I think that it's weird for our brains to switch back and forth. But I do respect what y'all are saying about giving people an alternative way to soak up the info, and I totally, um, I totally get that. Also, I totally thought that um, that's 
Angel's son is Pete. I forgot he was much more famous. For oh, being okay. a I, I was like, shows what a nerd I am. <laughs> I'm like the guy from Angel. <laughs> and then Carlin, our producer, also said that the kid is also from the Santa Clarita, uh, Clarita diet. So I forgot about that too. So yeah, just familiar faces make people a little bit more interested and they'll watch those. Do, do you um, know anybody, like, have you guys talked about this documentary to other people? Or well, this is your first time talking about it? I know it is for you, Adam, probably. Oh, I talked to Stephanie right after oh. <laughs> on my walk in here because she's always telling me, stop being so addicted to your phone, stop being sucked in. And I was like, okay, this is getting through to me. Now watch and I was this. like, I'm sorry in advance for doing that annoying thing where your girlfriend tells you something for months and then you pay more attention to someone else <laughs> uh, when you receive yeah. the information from the outside. Yeah, uh, I was like, I'm sorry for doing that annoying I, thing, but yeah. I actually had to talk on a, a t- I'm a still part of TechCrunch uh, because of my old work in our media company. So I had to be a part of like a, a like a group on that uh, because they were concerned. They were worried about where like this was going to go with um, ads. Like our company runs ads too. I know Adam, you mentioned that. So just like ads and stuff like that, people's um, value systems. And so I had to be a part of a, 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 a community group talk by TechCrunch on just like where what people thought people were going to how they were going to react to it and how to engage it and what the blogs were going to say and then a podcast on psychology the psychology of it all as well but was anybody both were was anybody really shocked about it I mean it's been it's been happening the the yeah. kid uh depression among kids and teenagers uh suicide rates going up uh people just like you know tribalism at its best or worst uh, and, you know, body shaming. And we know, we know it's happening. So in and of itself, I don't, I don't think the documentary revealed anything new. Maybe sharing some statistic statistics was actually pretty powerful. And yes, and the quotes were really on point. Um, But I think this is something that everybody, everybody knew. Um, And I guess the refreshing part was hearing it from the people who did it. It would have been like yeah. uh, some research guy or some psychology guy. But I'm like, yeah, I invented the like button. I'm the I'm the asshole behind this feature on on Instagram, and I feel horrible about what I just did because I had no idea it would turn out this way. Who knew that? Like yeah. the idea of putting numbers underneath everything we say and do that reflect what other how other people feel about it is the most insane thing. Like inventing the like button is. Such a dangerous, huge. awful act. <laughs> no, it was huge. I mean, like when I thought about it, I was like, he just invited, he just invented the like button, right? And then my brain switched to, he invented the like button, yeah. like button. So it's I thought only, but then I realized how how much of an impact. And I know, like Baki said, there wasn't anything new, but um, I don't know how you guys feel on this, but this one topic really sank in with me. Nothing new, obviously. A lot of us, we we mm-hmm. knew this, but um. It, Shed a very clear light on um, what's going on in the world right now that I started to see in the movie, which is um, the polarization that we've seen grow and grow and grow between two types of feeds. Like your friend has a one feed that's one way because they believe something. And then I have mine another way. But it showed how that has become even more so with the directed targeting. So if you've liked something, they'll find you within a range or something. And I was like, I know we've all seen this growing polarization and we just chalked it up to, you know, people being angry and the issues, but I don't think I put as much stock into Facebook actually being the one driving the psychology behind changing some people's minds 
to being more angry, to being more obsessed with something and splitting those two people, you know, splitting two people. Facebook doesn't care which one you believe. They just want to give you the information so that you keep interacting. And it's better for them if you're fighting. I mean, conflict is popular. Sorry. The one thing that the one thing that kind of uh, that uh, gave me more like, I guess, insight was so we all knew that our computers were listening to us for like the ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to know how, how much detail were, were they kind of, how much data and how detail was it like going into? And when they, when they revealed that like these companies know exactly how long you're hovering over a certain picture or, yeah. or something like, like to that, like, it's like, think about like, not just, not just who you're searching for. And, and they keep a history of that. Like they just, they know, which screen you're watching or how long you're watching it. They keep a record of all of that. Like they, they have so like such this big digital, like a uh, module of every single one that's catered to all of us that it's, it's, it's crazy. It's kind of, it's, it's insane. Like how, like, man, what, what's, what, all these what's companies weird. do so much with that app, like that information. And, and each know, one has their own one. Like Facebook has their own module that they sell to advertisers and also Google and, Pinterest and Reddit. So for those who are just tuning in, we're talking about a social dilemma uh, documentary that just came out on Netflix. Um, but to, to, to go back to what, what you're saying, Obi, like it used to be that if you wanted to buy ads uh, online, like you had to buy space. Like, okay, we'll give you this little square on my website and it's going to cost you this much. And now it's like, okay, what kind of person, what's the persona of the guy you're trying to target? What kind of websites do they visit? Where do they click? How long do they stay on those websites? What do they play? What do they like? Because, you know, if you log in on, with Facebook on like all over the internet for different accounts and services, then yeah, it's, it's all linked together. And so now you just go to an advertising company and you go, okay, this is the profile of the person that, uh, I mean, digital marketing uh, company. And go, okay, this is the profile of the person we're trying to target. Okay, we know we know who that guy is. And so you'll see, you know, if you've been shopping for shoes or you looked at you went to DSW once or twice in a day, it's the, the that pair of sneakers gonna follow you around the internet. And mm-hmm. I, it, it's it's hard to to uh like to concede the fact that it's happened so fast. Like when when did Facebook come out? Do you guys remember? Two thousand five. Six, I think. Five. Probably like it was two thousand four when it started. I I remember this. No, two thousand yes four when it started, and then five is when they allowed all. I could be wrong, Kimberly. Do you know? I remember when well, I was. Sorry, it started, it started just for like college people, and it was like pretty like reserved yeah. just for the college. Two thousand four was public for everybody else to join yeah 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 it was two years later so it was two years before so probably public 2006 because 2004 you had to have the email from a that college because i joined freshman year of college in 04 oh you remember I when still, you joined? i was still big yeah, i remember i didn't want to join it my friends when when facebook was first invented all whenever anyone would mention it in public, my friends would mock them and go Facebook, and like that was their joke. Yeah, and then we eventually, <laughs> yeah, like whenever someone was like, "Are you on Facebook yet?" They'd be like, oh, "I'm Facebook." It was like um being being online. I feel like I remember when that was like it was looked down upon to be online and be fake and to get into fights and comments. It was seen as like not <laughs> like not real and disingenuine. 
Uh, and then we all got one and then we, you know, all we did was do inside jokes on each other's walls. And here we are 10 yeah. years later, the world's ending. Yeah. Yeah. I was really like against it because I was, I was super basic and I was like, I can't put my glittery background on this. I can't put a, a song on my space. I'm a unique person. I was so basic. I was just like so mad about that. But then later, of course, I, you know, I, I moved over to it and I, I built my business on the, on, on that with very early on. So, I mean, for me, you know, I have a mixed bag of emotions when it comes to this, especially being a mom and being someone who's been in this for 15 years and owns a media company that helps clients, but then has two children. I feel like I've been manipulated. I feel like some of my own thoughts and some of my rages that I've kind of ranted on has been manipulated. I just found the really intricate part. Um, I'll make this quick. I found it very interesting, this intricate part that I don't think I ever really understood where they said he hasn't been on for very long, the, the user. So that, let's get him on in some oh, way. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. got on and they were, they were happy about that. And then they got him to do something. And then they said, this is the perfect time to run that ad because he'll be more likely to buy it right now because of his mental space. And I was like, there have been times where something's happened in a sequence on Facebook. And I've been like, arguing with someone online and then an ad of something I've been considering mm-hmm. to buy has popped up and I've bought it and you as bought like it? an emotional, you like, didn't feel? and I bought it as therapy. Yeah. yeah. But you, did you, did you know at the time that you were being manipulated or not? You just bought no, it. I didn't. That's oh. what I'm saying. Even knowing all of this, I'm still thinking, I, I, I just realized like I, it, it hit me. Like I've done that emotional therapy buying after these sequence of events came up on Facebook, I had passed it and not bought it before. But then when I got into an argument with someone on Facebook or I posted something that was controversial, then I bought the thing because I wasn't feeling good about myself. I wasn't happy and I bought it. So can you imagine I, that part was wild to me? I'm sorry. That's an amazing story. I was just thinking of the real world version of that. Can you imagine like being in a mall in pre COVID times and like a oh, store those times, man. Someone, like a, a store hiring someone to come out and start shit with you and then leave. And then someone from the store comes out and it's like, <laughs> $5 off this purse. Like, can you <laughs> that's what they're doing. That is what they're, and then it would have worked for me because I am an emotional therapeutic buyer. Like that is something it would have, I mean, if you, if y'all, I mean, if there's a store around here, y'all might want to incorporate that idea. Get with Adam. Yeah, I'll I be mean, your instigator, so. and then I'll get the shit beat out of me on first, I mean, my every, first day. Every once in a while, you gotta feel like a like a sucker, and you're like, I mean, that, that's happened to me a lot. And I'm like, I want to share this, and then I think, do I really like do do I really think that people would click on it? And if I do that, does that mean that now they know that I like whatever I'm about to share? And I just, I just, I just back off. It's more about do people really give a shit? It's less about, oh, they're going to track me or whatever, depending on what I'm sharing. But it's like, do people really give a shit? But there's, there's this thing. I don't, I, I they didn't touch on this. Um, it's the idea that now you're the star of your own show. In the sense that you're, it's like you have your own reality show and you share a piece of your life with, everybody and nobody at the same time. And this idea that now you will like, if you do that enough, a lot and share and share and share and retweet and comment and blah, blah, blah. Then people will look to you to, for advice. So that's why you become, you know, an influencer. So um, that's something that I wanted to like 
bring that up and see what you guys thought about the whole influencer. Everybody wants to be one. Uh, I don't want to be one. I'm trying. I'm in the process of trying start to start a vlog. This is starts a vlog, hoping. You- <laughs> yeah, this is the because I've been noticing because I think everybody the thing that was uh, interesting to me is like everybody kind of points to Facebook is they they notice all these things happening with Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was noticing noticing these things on YouTube. Like whenever, wherever I was like thinking about doing something, like that per that video would pop right up for me, like without me typing, without me kind of searching for it. It would, it would. I was like, how how are they knowing that this is kind of something I'm interested in, and they're 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 throwing all the the perfect information towards me, like for for instance, like um, for instance, if I'm like swiping and i'm trying to go like i have a date coming up swiping on what oh, tinder oh yeah like or yeah on any of these apps or, or uh-huh. i've been talking to somebody texting like all of a sudden like all these ads for like oh you should buy these new shoes or buy these new shirt or whatever or t- go to this restaurant go to this one i was like it, everything everything on my i noticed my whole page changes i was like what the fuck is this like something like I had, a, I was looking at a, a whole set of something else and now just all morph because I like all of a sudden something else big that I'm kind of trying to like achieve is, is like happening and my whole page kind of morphs into that, that goal. So, do, yeah. do you want to be, do you want to be an influencer? I mean, I, I want to see if it's possible because I see so many people like do it and I'm like, is, is the app? I'm really interested in this algorithm. Like, remember the part they were talking about the algorithm in this documentary where they said he, they had all these developers mm-hmm. kind of work for this, to, to, for this algorithm to kind of show them the best thing possible, but they don't even really know why it's choosing what it's choosing for people. They built they the engine. Really the engine works yeah, on its own. Yeah. It's machine learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and I've noticed from, from talking to different or watching these different influencers, influencers of videos, mm-hmm. there's a thing that happens with uh, your, your Instagram or whatever platform you're using to kind of grow your followers, where when you do it, when you kind of do or you do it for a certain amount of time regularly, that they can kind of predict that, hey, this person, I think this person's trying to do this as a career because they're, they're, they're posting at this regular rate. Oh. And, and and so then the the algorithm changes and it it starts promoting your stuff to everybody else and they every single one of them says there was a week there's a week or a month where I went from two thousand followers to like I had twenty thousand followers all like and I don't I didn't know how it was happening but it was just happening because so it just it, it there's so I want to I'm trying I'm really doing it as an experience because I want to see. What what do I have to do to kind of hit that algorithm that all these people are talking about? Where it just it just I mean, clicks I can tell you what you and all the, all the I can tell you what you have going. to do for that. That that was what I did. That's what I'm that's what I'm moving away from. So my background, everyone's going that way, and you're saying I'm trying to be it. Do you want to be an influencer? Well, what's becoming more popular now is something called a micro influencer, where it's not you don't have to have a million followers or two hundred and fifty thousand. So a lot of these brands are going to people with 15K, 20K, because the engagement's actually authentic. People are actually buying more from those people, right? So micro mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed What that. happens with the algorithm that you're talking about with influencers? So I deleted a whole following. So prior to you guys, or prior to probably knowing you, OB, I was a Mormon stay-at-home mom. 
And I worked in the arts and crafts industry and was a famous scrapbooker. And you might think, oh, that doesn't make sense. But I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar company uh, industry, right? So um, Mm -hmm. I just got pulled into it one day by Martha Stewart Crafts and somebody put me on TV. And I just, everything blew up. I had almost a million followers on my blog, um, Instagram. I, I started on early when it first started in beta testing. And I thought that's what I wanted. I had gone to school for being on TV, journalism, all that. And I started working in that world. And that's actually where Facebook's and a lot of these platforms, they're not going to admit that they got it from those forums, but they actually stole the algorithms Mm -hmm. and this whole plan from the scrapbookers and the mom bloggers and all the mom bloggers that started. Like They've been doing this for 15 years. None of this is new to us. Well, as Mm micro-influencers, Obi, with what you're saying, they're saying that they hit like this week or this month what actually happens is it's not that they're telling that they know you want to do it as a job. Instagram assumes everybody wants to be an influencer because they assume everybody has some level of narcissism or validation seeking, you know, qualities. So it's not that they're thinking you like you personally, they're just hoping that everybody wants to do that. And what happens is I like back stuff back likes my stuff. It tells the algorithm that we both have likes interest then I like back stuff and you like back stuff. And then you come to my stuff via back. So it makes a little bit of a group there. So we start ending up on each other's explore pages. We start ending up at high ranking parts in the hashtags because more people are starting to see mm-hmm. us. So the more you're posting, the more you're going to show up in people's explore page in those hashtags. So there's, there is a finality to it. We teach our clients how to do it. I mean, it is, it's like the movie was talking about and you guys can move into it. It's a magician. It's a magic to it. There's a magic formula to doing that, but um, you can't get to that place if you don't have good content. There isn't about posting every day. It's not about being the, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the most famous person. It's about having something that people relate to. And those likes, the, the ratio of likes to followers matters. That's why all those people that buy fake followers are messing themselves up. Because the, the Instagram algorithm looks at your like to follow a ratio. They look at how many people are commenting five, five or more words uh, in an hour, not emojis, five or more words, because they are trying to beat all of those companies that you can buy likes from and buy comments from. So, but, well, one thing I'll say though, one thing I'll say, I'll disagree with one thing you said. You said that. You have to provide good content, and I, no, I to your you content, you content sucks. Well, what are you trying to say? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I disagree that, uh, like, uh, that this algorithm, like, you have to be getting all these likes or something for, for this algorithm to recognize you and start promoting. It. How do you think it works? I, I, I'm seeing like the opposite. I'm seeing people that, that aren't really, they're just, all they're doing is really uploading stuff like regularly. Like it, it's not even good content. It's just like generic kind of video. Right. No, that's actually like, better like, than like, like, there's, some, there's some, there's some ads where, where I'll like, I don't know how to really explain it. So I'll skip, but, but it, there, there, there's a, what they're, what all these top influencers have uh, really kind of discovered that like these are, these are people that really kind of figured out a little gl- like glitch in this algorithm that that kind of lets them uh, like curate a lot of followers at a quick rate and i don't know what exactly it is or what they're what exactly they have to do it's not it's not there is that one section that's buying people but there's another thing that with this the same way they they make this module that showing you what the, your what ads are perfect for you there on our end 
there's a way you can kind of predict what it's going to do too for you. Like the model I, I just I, gave you. It's, 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 I, know. I don't know how to really explain like the documentary. That's why I felt like the narrative kind of shows you a little bit of exactly what I'm talking about. There is a, another thing to what these developers made and they don't really know why it's doing what it's doing. But I think from our, from the user's end, there is a way you can kind of make it do what you want it to do. No, that's, also. that's what I was saying. I'm, I'm micro influencers. So good content is subjective, right? Because it depends on who's looking at it. A lot of these, yeah, because of, but the algorithm doesn't know what good or right. it's because it doesn't. No, I mean, if, 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 what they want is the engagement. Algorithm. What it wants is engagement and I'm eyes on it. I'm saying good content. That's what I was going to clarify. The good content means good content to your the people that like you. So a good example is we saw a lot of people that when Instagram first started, you saw a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest, travelers. They were the big famous people, right? They, these travelers that took these amazing photography pictures. They blew up with millions of followers. Right. But then as, you, as time went on, you saw these sort of like mom bloggers or Instagrammers with these horrible filters over them getting 200, 400,000 followers. If you looked at it, you'd go, this is a really good picture. That's a shitty photo. And she's got like 200,000 followers. Why is that? Her fans, her people, her stay-at-home mom community like the story she's telling underneath it too. They connect to her. So that's how you hack this. It's that you get the engagement. It's not, I didn't mean good content to like what us as, uh, you know, I'm a photographer, Obi, you work in TV. Um, all, all of us know what good content would mean on like a famous level. But now um, mm -hmm. Instagram, it, people allow, as long as it's a, a photo that they like of someone, maybe they've got a weight loss story, they showed photos of their kids. Each little niche is why a person's able to beat that algorithm. So if you have a niche and you're, you're connecting to the people, like I know you guys are into video games. Um, cosplayers are a good example of this. Cosplayers don't always upload really good contents, bad lighting, bad photos, but they can have a kick-ass following. My daughter's a cosplayer. So it, you can hack it with that. So I just wanted to clarify saying good content, meaning algorithm can't read it. It can't say that's a good photo. What it can say is that there's 20,000 people that liked it, even if it's a horrible photo, and there's like 5,000 comments underneath. And a good example of that is just like if you watch the Bachelorette series or Bachelor series, I don't, but I watch those people, they put up shitty content. It's just them standing in an outfit with like like a clothing company. And they get all these thousand million. Uh, I, uh, I really like, I've been trying to soak up some game here because I feel like I've seen both sides of this in my own experience as a musician who tries to promote my like music and albums and videos online is especially on Facebook when I am more generally active. And of course I'm trying, it's a fucked up thing is I'm trying to be less active for my own mental health because I just in, implicitly don't enjoy social media. Uh, like, <laughs> I enjoy watching movies. I just don't like it. So I'm not like someone well, who likes to. to live on Twitter. Right. And I hate that I have to, I resent it. But for a while, like I noticed, especially on Facebook, the more that I posted regularly, um, the more that I would start getting, like, be able to count regularly on a certain number of likes per post, uh, to the point where I went viral a few years ago with like a political post, uh, and that was like a weird peak, uh, and then just kind of stabilized. But on my now, see, you made me feel like I fucked up, and I might need to just start new Instagram account or new Twitter account. I forget which is for. <laughs> I should look, but one of those has much better organic reach. Um, but I am one of those stupid people. About eight years ago. 
when I was trying to promote an album, I bought like a thousand followers and it fucked mm-hmm. me up. And I, and now like every, it? it was like 20 bucks. And then every time that I see, uh, I every time, that. well, every time that I see, um, like, um, follow myself losing followers and I, I check to see who they are. And I like, every time it's like a fake person, I'm like, thank God, get out of here. I only want the organic things. Like, I hope they drop off. Um, and then I've done some, I did a, ran a stupid, like I have a crazy number of Facebook likes. I'll be honest, that got away from me. That wasn't me buying followers. That was me running an ad uh, for like picking the cheapest price point per click. And it drove, like I started, like I checked after a day and had like 3000 new fans on my page. They don't interact with me. They just, I just use the algorithm, right? Uh, so that's like the flip side of that coin too. And now I'm like, Kimberly, let me um, pay you to be a consultant for an hour. <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously, now I feel like I don't know how to claw myself No, I mean, back. that's what we specialize in. I don't, I'm not going to talk about my company, but it's just like, I went through the same thing. I think we could all understand this. Um, Obi's going into it now. Obviously, you're going into the YouTubing, wanting you to have your own um, thing, which is great because that you have so much good information. So I'm glad you're doing that. I saw that. I was really proud. I was happy for you. But for me, um, my mental health suffered. And, and the reason that I had a really big following and I was married to someone famous at the time from a band. So we lived really public. And I, I believe some people are made for that and some people are not. And I wasn't. Every bit of my life was out there. And I know, I know you guys knowing right now you're going, isn't all your life out there right now? But it was like times 10. You said a lot of things on this show right? already. So, I mean, that was my life even times 10. Um, and so what happened for me was like, I just deleted it. When my divorce happened, I deleted it. People called me crazy, but I wanted to start and be myself. Because like you're said, saying, Adam, you know that you want to be involved in social media in some way because your businesses, but then you want your mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I had to figure, I, I'm still figuring that out for myself. But like, you can do it, Obi. Like, I'll throw you some notes and I'll throw you some, Adam, because I, I think you guys could, I love some too for feedback yeah. if you get some. <laughs> well, thank you. I I seriously I, like have so much. It's weird because I I like I'll work on a video that I'm so proud of and it'll do okay, and then I do some goofy photo at home, and it's that's exactly the sort of like organic thing you're talking about, and that gets way better engagement. Um, but that's I followed the trap that you fell into, Adam. That I fall into that like a lot too. Where man, I'm I'm used to getting. I'm I'm used to averaging a hundred likes per post, and then when it it falls off, it like affects your mood. Yeah. And I'm like, how, how, how does that make this, you feel? I don't want to like I don't want to live and die by by, by likes? these likes or improvement. Like, I was like, like so I got it to, reminds me of when I smoke cigarettes, honestly. So that's not like, so that's like not what the driving force for me doing this is. My the driving force is I'm, my curiosity for how that algorithm. That's why this documentary was so cool to me. Like like the acknowledgement that there is this algorithm that's working and, and really pushing these things. Like I'm, I want to, it's like, I want to dive into the matrix. I'm trying to figure out how it's working. You want to like hack I really, it? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. I'm trying, I'm want to figure out how it is. It's not, I, it's, it's, I was like, it's not as simple as just, Oh, the, the, these, this kind of group likes what I'm doing or, or this one. There's, well, there's, there's like there's, a, there is a targeting. Kind of no, there's about five or six Look, things I mean, that you have that you have to do. I mean, if you go to my Instagram, I have like 7,000 followers on a personal account. But at any time, I can hit, I mean, I could show it to you. I can hit a hashtag because of my engagement and I will get 4,000, 5,000 likes on a quote. 
Like I know the formula, like we work it with our clients all the time. It's in the, in the, in the media industry, the social media industry, this algorithm, this deep, dark hole that you're searching for OB is really, I can hand it to you. Like I promised you, like I can. All right, we go, we go talk after the show because I, think, I would love uh, to talk to you after the show too. <laughs> no, yeah, I like going to learn all the secrets. Kim is going to open Pandora's box. We started talking about how, look how we're being manipulated and all of that. And truthfully, like, what I would be handing you is a way to get you to get in front of more people sort of in a, like a better manipulative way. But look at what we're doing. We turned exactly. a curve and all of a sudden it turned into us. You know, we're, we're still users. So I yeah. think, is that, I think is that human nature. <laughs> we got I think it's because honestly what, what's happening, I think it's human nature. We always want to feel like we're a step ahead. Well, like we don't want to like, like we, we have watched a whole documentary telling us we're being manipulated. Like, easily like everyone like doesn't matter who you are your mom your dad your sister your your employer but so i feel like but maybe it but won't happen to us i want to <laughs> no, figure no, out maybe. maybe there's a way i can i can get ahead of it like and not no you're still not, a user oh, you're like, still the product that's, playing that's the chess point. against deep blue I'm still, times yeah, thousand product. i'm still being sold everything but do you like, do you feel the but on on a day-to-day basis every time you interact do you actually feel guilty and going off oh, i'm doing this again well, I'm doing that again. Or, oh, I'm, I'm actually in the bathroom and here I am just scrolling endlessly on Instagram for 10 minutes, even though I'm, I, I've been done taking this shit for, for five minutes. And, and you're like, damn, I just wasted 10 minutes. Usually it's much quicker than that. I think I feel shame, not guilt. Like I feel when I keep going back to my phone and nothing's new for me, like especially late at night, I'll check Twitter, I'll check Facebook, I'll check Insta, no notifications anywhere. And I have this like, uh, I was like, what are you doing? You're just completely picking this shit up. Go watch a oh. movie or go to bed or something, dude. It's like shame. I feel like an idiot when I get when I catch myself <laughs> looking for nothing, you know? I, I've, I've, I've gotten to a point where I can be sitting, there's a TV in front of me, my phone is sitting right next to me, and I'll just glance at it. And the thing is, I know that my, my all my social media notifications are off. Like, they don't pop up on the phone. If I want to know, I have to open the app. Which is even worse because now I open the app and I'm like, oh, there's notification. Oh, there's this other shit too. Let me, yeah. <laughs> I gotta look at uh, that. You, you did it for the fact that you thought it was gonna help you. Yeah, like, no, I really did. It, but now the curiosity is eating. No, at because you. not. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, surprise. You know, I opened it. I got, I got this many notifications. But here's the thing. Like I'm like, okay, every two minutes, every five minutes, and I, I tried the whole, um, what's it called on iPhone. But you can't use your, your phone yeah, no more? Where you can uh, screen time, screen time thing. Uh, the screen time when you say, okay, I'm going to be on my social media apps for two hours today. And next thing you know, you ate it up like right away and it's noon. I don't even have like, a Facebook fuck. app. I just have to, I have to like click yeah. Safari on my phone That's to check it. Uh, so the anecdote, the to, anecdote to click Safari, I, I delete my stuff too. No. So the anecdote to what we've been programmed um, it, in order to unprogram as is, is that we have to be intentional. So we can be intentional in a way of thinking, I'll just add some screen time situation or something like that. So for m- myself, exa- an example, I used to wake up and immediately I had a very programmed, I saw this on my own, a very programmed thing. I went, I went Instagram and then Facebook and then Twitter. Right. So when I decided, yeah, order? I just, that was the order. I just, it, and then Pinterest, it just went like that before any messages or anything. When I realized that for myself, and I was starting to do a lot of work for myself um, because of my health, 
Um, we, we've talked about that before. I was like, it's not working. Be sort of like, I'm going to do a detox diet or whatever. So I had to learn that I was going to be more intentional. So what I did was I had to find something that would replace them that would not be an app that would be online that would continuously scroll like that. So I chose a couple of apps that were like affirmation apps to read on, little doses because our brains had been you know, trained to take in little doses. So someone had told me, just start mm-hmm. reading a book in the morning. Well, that didn't give me that same feeling. So I just started doing like a devotional in the morning. That was one page at a time. You're supposed to do one page. But I was so addicted that I was reading like 16. Now I'm down to one. But you know, <laughs> exactly. you're reading so much. But I, I, I chose to put something more, more, more fulfilled and more of sustenance in my life in, in replacement of that until I could unprogram my brain. And so that helped me. And then secondary to that, I told you earlier back when we were talking about something we were going to do, um, that I'd found out recently that I have a brain tumor that they didn't tell me about for the last two years. So I found out recently, and when that happened, that made me reevaluate everything lately because I don't actually go online anymore. I don't endless scroll and I'm not mindless in any of that because I'm not supposed to be on electronics. But one of the things that I've seen with my clients, my friends, my children was that we, I have to be intentional. And the more that I said to myself, I'm just not going to do it at all. Like I'm not even going to put myself there. It's the same as like when you say, um, you have to make the decision to have a DD and someone take your keys from you so you don't drive drunk if you're you know, more prone to that. You have to make the decision while sober mm-hmm. before you get into the situation. I feel the same way about social media or the phone or anything. You have to make the decision when you're in a really good place of saying, I'm not going to do that. And I love the idea in the movie to bring it back of that lockbox they had. Of course, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah that shit got smashed. But it, it's one of those things that it's like, that works for our house. Um, and then when we go on vacation, they usually, we, the Airbnbs we stay at, a lot of them have got lockboxes for the phones. So you just have to be intentional. You know, don't use excuses. Don't be like, well, it's really hard. Yeah, but, you know, so is stopping sugar or stopping cigarettes. This is an addiction that's a, an epidemic for our culture. So we have to be intentional. But when you say... When you say intentional, it's like, let's say uh, I'm I'm having a conversation with Adam, and he brings up I don't know the the PS5 that they just announced the the prices and all that stuff. So first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go and say I'm a I'm gonna look up the price for the PS5, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gonna look that up, or I'll go to their Twitter account, wherever else is talking about it online, and it just doesn't it should stop there. The problem is you're only a click away from going into some other bullshit. That's where the intention comes right? in. Is that like what I coach? You just have to you have to be able to stop. That's that's so what something I did with my kids. Actually, Jaden, my 17 year old, is legit with this. We went to the beach. He left his phone back, and I said, "Why are you leaving your phone back?" And he said, "I know I will be it on it the whole time, and I don't want to. I want to be with you guys." And I was just like, "Are you crazy? Because like you got a whole two and a half hour drive." But um, he said that. What are you going to do? Yeah, oh my and God. he was so <laughs> Look at the he trees. So, happy, <laughs> so he made that decision before because he knew that when he got there, even giving me his phone wouldn't work because he was going to ask for it back. Two days into being there, he was like, man, I should have brought my phone, but I'm glad I didn't because I don't have it. So I got to figure out something to do. So he drew a bunch of stuff. Well, one thing that we've done in our family that's really helped is that we have this um, thing mm-hmm. where we hold each other accountable. So if I want to go look for something online, like you said, the PS5, or Nintendo 2. Um, don't start. Do not start. Or like that. Do not uh, start. What I do is um, I intentionally 
tell myself before I'm able to go look for something, I set an alarm for five minutes that says, and that says, get your ass off. So I go and I look up for five minutes what I need to look up and then it blasts me in my face. Now, if at that point I, I choose to ignore it, that's on me. But I mean, I don't because I see that big thing there. Hey, so. only, God, only God can judge you. If you say, look, one more minute, 15 minutes or just ignore the whole that's thing, not, which is how screen time you're works. You're not intentional if you're not able to actually the intention because well, good intention. It, 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 it is. Yes, but it is at the end of the day, it is a choice and it is an addiction. Yeah. It starts somewhere. I'm with, I'm with you on that. I mean, you can't just go cold turkey. Yeah, I'm a social media addict, and I'm, I'm used to posting every five minutes of my life. And then all of a sudden, you wake up, you go, you know, throw it in the lockbox and go to work. It's, it's not- so what do you? So what do you think it's going to take for you to like just abandon social media? Like to me, all the times I've like, what are you asking me? Gone off of social media, like for each one of y'all, uh, like I've had to actually like leave my phone like in my place and go out and do whatever activity I was planning on doing because it like just the, just the possibility of, of, of like deleting maybe one or two apps, there's always going to be that uh, another one that you kind of keep over in there. You put it in a folder on the third page. That's that's not that. Yeah. That's not your top one, but, but it'll give you that fix that like, cause that one of those guys, one of the uh, CEOs was talking about, all these apps were are all catered to like that dopamine fix that we all need when you kind of swipe or you push that button it kind of gives your mind that that thing so it is like we are like these digital addicts so i feel like for me to actually like get off of all the platforms like google facebook instagram you like i have to leave it i have to leave it here and go out and be in the real world like throw I want back. to talk i want to talk about this as addiction because uh Kimberly you mentioned Smoking. I uh, I quit smoking this year, and it was really it was easy. It felt like, and granted, I like did it. Thank you, but it was like I did this like video program that basically was just like I'm not going to go into it because it'll sound culty, but it's essentially just about getting it out of having to use willpower. What I said, not to me. Oh yeah. Uh, well, it's like um, it's like uh, basically you just you just read and think a whole lot about how the satisfaction from a cigarette is the ending of withdrawal from the previous one. And then you just stop, you realize there's no enjoyment other than the addiction and you have your last cigarette and then you have, you want nicotine for like a day and it's gone. And I feel so much better now. It was just about reframing it. So I didn't have to use willpower, but I feel like social media is so much more difficult because uh, it's socially driven. It's for that reason, because cigarettes, I think I realized I was more addicted to my phone than smoking because what would I do when I go have my cigarette breaks every, you know, half hour, I'd go outside and sit and be on my own and scroll. And it's the scroll that I still do. Um, the scroll made you smoke more? I think you were I there longer? more because I was more addicted to social media than I was to smoking. And I like, I really think that that fix is deeper, deep, more deeply rooted precisely because it is social because I do care about being validated or if the things I'm putting out are being appreciated, especially as an artist, but also as a person. And, you know, you see friends who post all the time and you think, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? And it really I just have worms. the time. <laughs> well, I, that's how I feel, but it's that weird, like looking to the side thing. That's the worst part of it for me is especially as a musician, like being on Twitter or Facebook and being like, this person got a bunch of engagement for this dumb thing. What, what is that? What, what am I doing wrong? Instead of just, 
yeah. being myself. Yeah, it's very unhealthy comparison. And that is, I think, way more addictive. And I'm very resentful of the fact that I'm definitely have subconsciously catered my persona or presence to being liked. And I'm really trying to like, trust myself again. I feel like that's the struggle in quitting social media is trusting that I'm a good person with a good head on my shoulders mm-hmm. and I can make my own choices. You know what I mean? And I feel, I feel so bad for everybody that's born from 1996 and up because they had, they don't, they don't get to experience what the world was like before social media. Like those, unless you tell them about it and you raise them. Right. I mean, I see my yeah, son I mean, now have that. They're not on my, my kids don't have social media like that. My son is, uh, awesome. was like a little bit over two and a half and he's already like i want to watch the tv you know and i'm like yeah there is some good stuff on tv that that's worth it you know that i think is appropriate for you know for your age and so, or not that i've shown us some shit but point <laughs> is um he already has in his head oh yeah there's this shiny thing that uh i need to i need to sit in front of uh, when I wake up and before going to bed and when I come back from school, right? And if it's not that, he, he'll actually say, I want to watch Peppa on the phone. Does he have an iPad? <laughs> really, dude? Does he? Don't insult me. No, Uh-oh. of course not. <laughs> it's not insulting. Like, it's like, it's kind of like, no it's way. one of those things that's like ingrained in like, like a couple years ago, a parent giving a kid an iPad was like, was like a shun thing. But now it's kind of, no, no, I'll I, I tell you why. Um, usually, I mean, at least, at least for us, it's like if you want your kid to leave you the fuck alone so you can do whatever you want it to do, you go, hey, here's a screen. That's really what that comes from. You just like, you don't want to deal with it. Uh, have, y'all seen, have y'all seen the cable guy? Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey? Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Sorry, I, I had a major delay in my video there, so I didn't, if I talked over someone, I apologize. That's fine. No, Adam Sandler, cable guy, right? No, no, it's no. Jim, Jim Carrey, Cable Guy. But that that movie basically it's um it's a great movie, but it ends with um it ends with the cable going out and everyone like picking up a book and it's all about like he keeps referring to uh it's a satire so it's over the top, but he keeps referring to television as his babysitter. Um the whole movie and at the end he's like it's time to kill the babysitter. Uh, and I keep thinking there needs to be a remake of that movie called The IT Guy that is the yeah. same exact story <laughs> but about being obsessed with the internet. Not this, this I, you know, I said earlier about um, when I found out about the tumor and all the things like I couldn't be online. Well, my, my kids in my house, my, you know, Sinjin, everybody, they kind of said, we're going to do this together then. Like if mom can't be on the phones, if she can't be around the stuff, I, we have to turn the router off most of the day and, and night. You know, when, when we decided to do that, it's again what I'm saying, it's intentional. Um, like back, you said, you can't just call turkey it. So what do you have to do? You have to... It's the dopamine hit that Obi was talking about. It's that newness. So that's why the feed refreshes because it's a new image each time. So all we did was we found apps on our phones that would provide that same newness. Like you said, you were scrolling, Adam. It's like we found something that is good for us. So for me, good. So an affirmation app that every time I scroll the, the affirmation, it's I am healed. I am living a life that full of purpose. So it gives me that newness each time. It even has a different background. So you have to be intentional. You can't. You have to baby step it. Um, and even in my coaching, I'm I'm almost done with my my health coaching. And one of the things that we teach uh, right now is you don't get obsessed with perfection. 
So what I feel that people do when they try to detox or, Obi, you were saying that you, you kind of shut down before and, and got gone away. Um, I think leaving your phone at home is great, a good idea. But I think baby stepping and not shaming yourself, what we do is we, we set an expectation like, I'm going to stay off Facebook. And then you see people come back on. They'll I'm say, I'm it. And two, two, weeks, two weeks later, they're back. Or I'm going yeah. to get no, rid of I mean, they, but they, they make it such a big deal. Yeah, they do. They announce it. Well, then they feel shamed when they come back. So if we baby step and say, <laughs> yes. I'm, just, you know, I'm just going to do a little at a time. I'm going to do, I'm going to replace one app with something that's good in the morning, maybe a five minute meditation app. And then the next step will be, I will now, I will only post twice a week instead of five times a week. And you adhere to that. You can baby step it. So it's small attainable goals in that reframing. You said reframing, um, Adam, that's what I work in reframing of thoughts. If you just do the attainable goals, they add up to big results. So I think that's what people need to spend a little bit more time thinking about instead of thinking that they have to completely get rid of social media. I understand if you may need to do that. Like my son came in here last night and he gave me his phone and I said, like, why are you giving it to me? He goes, if I have it, then I'm not going to do my Spanish homework. I just know that. And Sinjin said, dude, it don't have to be so dramatic. We trust you. And Jade goes, I'm telling you, like he was so, you know, he's so annoyed at Sinjin sort of that he was saying, I'm being honest with you that I'm going to use my phone and you're saying it's not a big deal because we've been, we've been conditioned as a society to allow our kids to do stuff and trust them with the phones. And Obi, you mentioned the iPad. Um, my kids have iPads, but they have no social media or internet on them. I got them for them. And your I- kids should teach a class to other kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got, you got, you got awesome. great kids. Your kids are awesome. I mean, uh, like, all around awesome people. They do have problems, but the reason they have the iPads, well, the kids, you know, is that the reason they have the iPads is because Jade's into engineering and design and he wants to learn um, for the future. You know, UX uh, user experience is very important and um, how you draw things for websites and stuff like that. He wants to learn that. And then for my daughter, She's in vocal coaching and she's been having a hard time sight reading. So there's some programs that she can do on that so that we don't have to put it on our TV. She can go sing in the closet. So, you know, I think within reason, like, again, if we are intentional with our thoughts, this documentary showed me that I have not been intentional most of my adult life with social media. Social media made a lot of choices for me in relationships, friendships, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with relationship statuses, what I thought had to be normal. And on that last, um, after the podcast talk we got, we had with you and Obi about my relationship, that last time I was like, it, I don't have to do it how everybody wants and it doesn't matter. That's when it started for me was that it was just like, look at all this pressure we're put under for how we parent, how we run our businesses, how we dress, how we do our relationships. And that had been running my life. So that's why I said intentional. Wow. I love I do, intentional. Sorry. Yeah, I, do, uh, I, I, do, I do this thing now where um, if I'm waiting in line somewhere, I don't pull out my phone. That's there, there's a, there's awesome. a moment that seriously, there is a moment where as soon as you're alone by yourself in your thoughts, you're waiting on something or you're sitting down or you're, you're just standing there. Like there's nothing else happening and you have this reflex to just pull it out because you don't want to be alone. Right. You don't, you, you're well, surrounded no, with people. Everyone, you're like, surrounded with people. Bored. And yet you don't want yeah, to be alone. It's like, your, it's like your gut instinct is to pull out your phone and like blend in with everybody Who's else. Who's doing the same, do the same thing. thing. 
You know what I used to love doing when I would go on lunch on a work downtown uh, would be to grab a Chronicle and do the crossword instead. So therefore, I'm at least engaging with writing and physicality in some way, even though I'm in my. Oh, you had a pen and everything. It wasn't yeah, on, but on crossword. The phone. No, I don't like doing crosswords on the phone. Oh. I, but I don't like like. That's the thing. I don't like. I don't enjoy a lot of it, but I feel um, a necessity for it. So my question is like. I definitely have tried to delete a few apps. I love the idea of reframing and replacing it with things. Um, I think that's, I actually have a really positive Facebook group I'm a part of. That's a bunch of VHS nerds and it's super like no fighting allowed and it's just nerdy. And that's like the one, it's a healthy space for me online. But um, as, and I think I speak for maybe all of us, like as sole proprietor or uh, like people who are also their brand, uh, mm -hmm. like I, you know, I'm a musician. So when I post, I'm posting as maybe this is my life. Maybe this is a cute picture of my dog, but also I'm going to post, Hey, I got a stream coming up or something on the same and account on the same account. So I wonder like, where is, and, uh, to throw Stephanie, my girlfriend, Stephanie is a very celebrated actor and comedian. Uh, and I, I've told her she needs to get a Twitter account because so many comedians are on Twitter, but she, she hates social media and doesn't want a Twitter account. She doesn't want to start on that path. And so I always wonder, how do we negotiate? Here's my question, I guess, uh, with a lot of ado before it. How do we negotiate building healthier relationships with ourselves as human beings, as individuals with social media, while also having to necessarily be there to promote things? And do we even necessarily have to be there? Like, maybe there is a world in which I could... I always wanted to be an artist who just let the art speak for itself. I never wanted to be a musician who had to go and tweet about my lyrics or how I'm feeling or what I think of Whataburger. I hate <laughs> that. Uh, so like, is there that, is that, where's the balancing act when you are trying to promote something using this, but you also maybe are like, I don't know, like me or my girlfriend, an Oregon trail millennial who remembers the life before and misses it and wants some life. <laughs> It's what if you, I mean, the answer was in your question. It's, it, it's you, we, everyone has to find that balance. I just, well, where is the balance? Like, is you the, really, and, and I think right now we're like the majority of people are so heavy tilted to having to use all these platforms all the time because they feel like it's a necessity that we, we existed before them. Like, so there, there is this, this line where we can kind of walk it and, and it won't be this addictive thing that we feel we're being like, we have to do. And then in turn, we're getting manipulated by it. Cause, cause um, it's almost like what's, what's the difference between what's happening now with all these digital apps and what's been happening for the previous decades with the, uh, all the advertisements we see like through every single program, or if you watch a TV show and, or, or a, a movie and there's this, there's a car or there's a group of people like all, all like smoking and we're, and we, and we're like, Oh, that we're like, I don't know that this is an ad, but they're, they're teaching me that this is like a cool thing to do. I should go do this. Like, Hey man, when I have a cocktail next to me and I'm watching an old movie. Like I'm not tempted by fictional cigarettes anymore. I used to be, but now when I'm watching an old movie, if I have a drink next to me, if a, Humphrey Bogart takes a sip of whiskey. I reach for my Oh, whiskey. like that. <laughs> you just be manipulated. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like, cheers. I'm very impressionable. And I know it about myself. Um, I, I, I want to I'm going to go refresh my drink on that note. I have a topic I want to pitch, uh, okay. which is kind of the last third of the movie. But okay. I want to answer your question. I'm going to refresh my drink, but I I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave my phone right here while I do so. Oh. Well, we'll see how fast he runs back Bravo. to it when he wants to get his drink. 
Right. And if he actually picks it up, I, I want I want to address this question real quick. So um, that that line, I think it, it, it's less about splitting the the corporate with um, from the personal. I think if it's authentic, people people will uh, it will resonate with people better. So the top uh, tech for twenty twenty and then twenty twenty one was actually going into regular living. So people wanted to see more of people's regular lives. They don't want to fake it till you make it. These are things that they did in focus groups. So I think that you're going to be good there. I just wanted to slide this one thing in. When you said, how do you get that balance and how do you replace that? Um, I think what we need to do sometimes is evaluate our relationship with something. So you know, like when you have a relationship and you're evaluating if it's healthy, a friendship or a person that you're dating. You have to evaluate what's working for you and what's not. Are you addicted to the person or are you in, in it? Um, or people who have to reevaluate. Beyonce was had a really good um, conversation about this on uh, Alive. She had to reevaluate her relationship with food. So anything that you can be addicted to, you have to evaluate your relationship. Am I using food to bring substance and sustenance into my body and fulfill something? Am I using food to nurture myself so that I so that she could be a dancer and a singer and provide some wonderful art to people? Or was she using it to comfort herself and, and drinking alcohol is the same way? So with social media, I think if someone sits down, again, intentionally and asks the questions, am I using this to authentically connect to my audience to further a bigger purpose? And then you work within those lines, you should be good to go. But if you answer the question as, am I trying to keep up with other people? And am I trying to get that dopamine hit? and then you you just keep doing it, then that's on you, like any other addiction is. So you don't have to find the perfect recipe. You just have to ask yourself what your relationship with social media is, and then start to fine tune it, work on those areas. Like if you were going to um, a therapist for a relationship, you need to have your own therapy for your relationship with social media. And you need to figure out the points that it works for you and the points that it doesn't. Facebook doesn't work for me very much because everybody has these strong opinions now. And um, I, Obi, you know, I think um, in our chat uh, for football, I started, we, I was arguing about something with football and you were like, man, football is my place where I like chill and there's no arguing. And I was like, why did I get it? Why was I so like, you know, in it? But it was because of something I'd been in on Facebook earlier. So it's like, I know to stay away from things that might draw me into conversations and only use the apps that don't really trigger me. Um, so I think it's just, you know, you can't find a balance, but you can decide what your relationship with social media is. The chance I, the irony I is, is that you're going to look it up, you're going to look it up and talk about it on Facebook and you're right I, back. I, I love that. I just want to say that lately, I think I was trying to get the perfect stream or whatever early on. And lately, I think my own just honestly missing my friends and earnestly wanting to connect with people. I started doing little fun things on my Instagram story. And they get way better engagement than anything I've done before. But not only that, but I actually, they make my day better to do. I feel like I'm really connecting with homies and it makes me happier, not feeling sad. So it's actually, I feel like, uh, wow, you're just um, full of sage advice. I'm going to, on that we, note. We have corporate Kim today. No, the thing is, I work, I work in social uh, media at GoDaddy, um, but we do more of we do more of posting for small businesses, um, brick and mortars, and it's a bit more of a regular sort of uh, posting chain. So the individual relationship with social media is something I'm very fascinated with. Do you guys so know somebody you. who's like, like really like 
uh, like top top like addict can't can't put the phone down can't yeah. do you know people like that personally and has it actually affected your relationship with that person uh some, you can, you can yeah. call him out. i probably know him <laughs> yeah you know men oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so i just did a i did a vlog with men and if you watch that vlog he's on the phone the whole time shopping yeah. he's on the phone the entire time when we're when we're out and he and when he he didn't even realize he was doing it until he watched the video uh-huh. when he watched the when he watched the video of him uh um just on his phone he's like I'm on like this. This is bad. Like, why am I? You, you, I'm on the phone throughout this entire video when you're talking to me. And I was like, this is you all the time. Like, you didn't notice that he's so now he's trying. He's like aware of it. He's trying to consciously not do it. Yeah, so, take his phone away. Yeah, but people are just they're just so it's habit. It's a you bad know, habit. It's just it's I, people need to look at it like it's a. a it is, but I, I lived in Seattle. I was at the bus stop. And I was, I'm like what you said, you are back. Like, um, because the way I grew up, I just like to be in the moment or, or see the things around me. It helps me not be so anxious. If I'm in a Mm -hmm. phone, I get kind of anxious. So I like to see and touch things. I was getting on a, when I lived in Seattle, I would ride the bus. I didn't have a car and I would wait for the bus and I would look around, you know, to talk to someone because I was, I'm a little older than the millennial groups. And I would be like, there's no one to talk to. You know, I, I, I grew up talking to people in the coffee shop or at Walmart was more my speed back then um, because I come from like the South. But um, I just was very disappointed that I looked around and like 20 people were like this. And even if you, if you talk to like orthopedic spine surgeons and people like that, people literally are coming in with neck problems because they're oh, we're very- stronger necks. If evolution does this trick, we're going to all be like looking down. Seriously. Yeah. The, the the saddest thing I've ever seen, ever, was a a bachelorette party, and I'm talking like twelve girls, a bachelorette party. It was at the W, and they're all sitting down on their phones. Oh man! A bachelorette party, probably the saddest thing ever. They're supposed <laughs> to be celebrating and whoa, bitch, she got married, blah, 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 blah. but no, mm-hmm. they're all heads down on their phone. Twelve of them. I was gonna ask you, Obi, like, um, because you work before covid you worked on set and things like that um you know when you were i've been in i've worked around movie stuff with some few little things um and i was like the camaraderie and the fun and the jokes and all the things that happen um i have a friend that was talking to me the other day about it and because we'd watched the movie to talk on a podcast and she said that it, it had even changed in the industry because people no longer were like talking or going to lunch they were just staying on their phones i don't know if you would notice that um yeah, because because the whole industry like that I work in with TV is like it's the whole there's a whole phrase that's like hurry up and wait. Like so, whenever we set we we can set up each shot really kind of quickly, but it's just the waiting when you're in between. You don't really have a task to do, and it's just like regular day life. Like people just sit down and they go to their phones, and they just they spend like half the day just scrolling through their, their social media or watching other people's videos and until they're called back into action again and then they put the phone away and then go back and do that task. But then when it's done again, it's the same habit over and over again. It's you can't just, be alone. Uh, People cannot be alone with themselves. You go to a restaurant uh, and, you know, that's what they do is just sit there on their phone. Uh, th- th- there was a... There's a few restaurants who had, I think, I think it was in Europe, 
Um, I'll be back. I gotta go, Pete. Thanks for the announcement, dude. <laughs> for those, for uh-huh. those I, I would also like watching, to announce that I just peed. Yes, thank you, thank you, uh, Kim. Would you like to go pee or I'm no, not, no? I'm just gonna hold it, I guess. At work, we call it a bio oh. break. <laughs> well, all of our meetings are on Zoom now. It's like bio. You just drop uh, BRB. Yeah, just put a bucket. Put a bucket under the under the table. You'll be oh like, my God, the world we're creating <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> Hey man, you gotta stay focused. Beautiful on filters on the internet and pee buckets in real life. I want to get you guys. Um, I, I bet you that happens. I want to get. You, I, I, I was finishing. Yeah, the the um, people not play these games. I've seen that where they go. Okay, whoever would put all our phones in the middle of the table at dinner, and the first one who picks it up pays for the dinner. Ah, well, yeah, like instinctually. I've gotten really good at that. Not to like pat my, I know I'm going to pat myself in the back. Cause go ahead, go ahead. addiction is good. Right. You, you, you can, you yeah, can we should be focused. proud of ourselves for the small steps we take towards healthy living. Um, yeah, she was supposed to do my, uh, my girlfriend and I like, uh, I'm way more addicted to the phone than her, but I'm not so much on social media as I am. Like you can see these, these like movies behind me. I'm like a bargain hunter collector. So I'm on eBay too much. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when we have dinner, um, we put our phones in the other room, like very intentionally, uh, and we're not religious people, but we try to like center ourselves. So the prayer we say is just thanking, like, thank the, thank the farmer who got this vegetable. Thanks to the animal who provided this protein. Thanks to her for cooking. Thanks to the people at HEB for delivering it. And that's our kind of like, it works like a prayer. Thanks and to the little kids who made this iPhone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, it like centers us with real life. We're looking at food. We're thinking about like, it's not a, uh, yeah, like we're not, um, religious people but it's our kind of like adaptation of uh praying because praying and meditating you know help get you in the real world and it's working and it's working for it's you? awesome because when we actually just sit there and talk and enjoy our dinner and then of course you know of course as soon as we're done i run to the bathroom to pee and check my scroll for 40 that's minutes the next yeah. step right yeah that's the I next step is getting past that Adam, but. i think for you like i mean honestly the shift for you is going to be normal like you're already intentionally living like so I do own a media company, but I, I'm a coach. I'm a personal intentional coach for other like mindfulness. So when you do that prayer, I have people that are atheists and they don't want to pray to God. So I ask them to do prayers that are different. And same thing. They go, why do I need to bless my food? And I'm like, the body needs to know that what it's taking in is nourishing it. It's going to digest it better. Um, on our, our water, jug, I have healing water, anything that you can do to um, manipulate your brain, just like what we're talking about with with this um, is important. And I call it magic to my clients, which is what I was going to bring up. Um, they had this referenced in the movie that, you know, magic is just an illusion and, and uh, just a little few things can make people see things differently. And the quote was any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. And then it's the gradual, slight, imperceptible change in our own behavior and perception that is the product. Um, and there was a bunch of other ones. There are only two oh. industries that call their customers users. Illegal yes. software. That one was the most powerful to me. Right, the, yeah. the, the only two industries I call it customers, uh, users, or Why that one? drugs. Why did that one like feel more powerful to you? Because, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, it's, it's it's so true. Users are either people on software or people right. who do illegal drugs, and in this case, it is the same thing. It's, so, it's software built to be an addict, to become an addict, 
uh, and that's studied that way, and that's his that's his whole entire purpose. The, the we don't use it for that. Is what got to they, me. I mean, the small did, imperceptible. They did a study yeah. that the hit of dopamine is the same as what a person would get from a, like a heroin hit. So we we are it is a drug, and I think that we don't need to downplay it. You know, we we think of social media as this lighthearted thing. They talk about that in the movie that when they first started it, they saw it as this way to friends connect and you can see your neighbor's dog that you used to live next to. And it was that they brand it so well. Um, and the way that I look at it is similar to the way that they package really disgusting food that they want us to give our kids. It looks really good. It's processed. It's shit food. It's made out of terrible things, but the branding looks so good that you're like, oh my gosh, I got to have it, but it's terrible for us. Social media is the same thing. If you look, they're always changing the way that they look. Um, user experience, like you said, I, the company I work for. testing all the time? Yeah, when you said that they have it, uh, OB said that it lingers, that shows how it lingers over where we linger. I worked with the program that showed where a person went when they went to a website, where their eyes went to first. That's wow. what I worked in. So they know it down to a finite position like that um, of what's going, and then and if a person clicked off immediately or if they stayed on. So it was programmed to keep giving those dopamine hits um, to you so that you get that high. Um, and that's why Facebook knows that people aren't really going to delete it. And they say, do you just want to stay out for seven days? You know, you yeah. can come back anytime because it, it, Facebook knows. Are you sure? That. Yeah. And it, it just gives you that, that amount of, but I feel like I'll just, I'll take I'll take a chance. And yeah, but I feel like we have to talk about the double-edged sword. Like we, we, we focus on like all the bad things that, we've noticed with it but there's a lot of good that came out of social media too yes with the when they were mentioning like you can people have been getting like connected with organ transplants like from social media you can find like your your mom that gave you for adoption or all the you can connect you with think, all this honestly, i think of the arab spring whenever i yeah, think the of arab like spring, yes. the goodness i always think the arab spring that's and i'm always and i always but then i remember the arab spring but then i remember a few years later when so many of our media outlets were poised to say, is America about to have its spring? And then it just completely went the opposite direction. And we entered into deep, like, uh, Russian interference winter instead. And so I think those, it, it's like that exact flip side. Because the Arab Spring was celebrated as this moment of like, oh, wow, social media is going to help us fight, the mm -hmm. like, dictators and authoritarian regimes. And now, as the movie pointed out, uh dictators and authoritarian regimes uh are playing the same game so now it's like well it pushes back and maybe it's pushing back for the well i'm i'm not equipped to decide I'm, how I'm, bad it is but i'm more cynical because as you guys probably know by now uh that yes there is a lot of good in social media but i i think the bad outweighs it because i tend to Think I, I, I mean, it's not like, 80-20. It's, it's not 80-20. It's maybe like 60-40. 60 bad, 40 good. Yeah, for, every, for every this this person's party is over and hashtag cancel this and this person got to go and all lives matter, there's a, oh, uh, I was able to find my lost parents. It's interesting or, that hey, you equate. I was uh, able to organize in my community to build this a house for this guy or gofundmes and they, in many ways it becomes a way to like supplement ways in which the government is letting us down like gofundmes for exactly health and helping each other and it creates a pro-social atmosphere of like actively helping each other and building communities but it's just so i would agree maybe 
the other I don't that's you would give it 60 40 split I don't I don't give it I don't give it 60 40 like for the bad I I would feel like 60 percent is good and 40 percent is where's bad. the good Be, because the good is uh, us being connected how we are like uh, like you if if it wasn't for social media like you wouldn't be able to like I can call you on this phone. Remember yeah, these did? Like it's the, the question we asked ten years the, ago. Are we really connected? You like your your employees or your like most of us like don't call each other like on the we don't speak to each other all on the phone. We we most of us all communicate through this platform now. Like that's how we all kind of schedule our our birthday parties Zoom? or hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> no, with, with, yeah, yeah, with all Zoom, with, no, I mean, with, Zoom with, is a phone like, call. Really, yeah. how daily tasks that we do how much you use social media to accomplish that like you we don't no, it got to the point we don't even remember each other's birthdays without it giving us that notification hey but, it's so and so you're saying that today. as a positive and i would say that's a that's what a, i'm a saying is I'm, I'm gonna push back and say i think what you're describing as a positive is a negative like I think we did too. used to call this zoom is a phone call phone calls we're connecting right now because we can see each other but I don't feel closer to friends that I only interact with on Facebook and like in their birthday. I feel lazier and with it, them and like I know them less. I, I think it's, I feel like it's the way you look at it because because it's the same thing. It's the same thing with the uh, record player to the CD or, or the cassette. No, I mean, it is, it is what it is it's today. It's just, a, it's just a different tool. It's not a good or bad tool. It's just how you're using the tool. Right, but what we're, what we're saying is that um, we have this, this technology already working, I can just give you a phone call and connect that way, which is probably healthier overall, healthier than, oh, let me just like your, ba- your baby picture. And let me just comment on, on what, you just, what you just posted. It's, it's like it's, you it's, get more no people interacting, is, but there's no real, like, I would rather have five friends play games with me at pinballs and have an awesome night than have 200 people wish me happy birthday on Facebook. Because right. I, those two hundred likes or messages yeah. don't mean as both well. of those. Both of those can. That's true. Here's what I here's what I would input to that after listening to all of you guys because I think all of you are valid. I think every point that you made is valid, and I'll tell you why. I think each of us are individual human beings having a different experience here, and we have a different experience when it comes to food, when it comes to where we live, when it comes to family. So someone like myself, I'll tell you why I see more pros. Um, I have a chronic illness. It's kept me connected when I've been in my home and I felt like I was disconnected from the world and I walked out feeling like a zombie and I didn't feel like I connected to any person. It's kept me connected to family that I'm largely disconnected from that I can't ever see. I can They see my pictures. They see my kids' lives. I don't have the time to call all of them. It keeps me connected because my parents don't read or write, but they have a Facebook page so they can watch my stuff and they can engage with me. That's very important. It's, it's kept me, it's kept me alive when I needed to go fund me and all of my, these people that I built over a 10, 15 year period relationships with, they put a GoFundMe together and helped me with like my brain infection. And then my business solely um, coming out of a, a, a toxic marriage with no skills, nothing was solely able to be built by myself, my own work on Facebook before there were fan pages. Um, I was the first person here in San Antonio to be featured on like a 10 minute segment in the morning show for building her business on Facebook as a photographer and a single mom. I only had Facebook. I didn't have money for advertising. I didn't have money to even buy like anything. So there are pros to that. 
And then the sharing of information. I've literally had my life saved, my children's life saved, mental health saved, for the, coach, the coaching that I do with groups. There's all of these things. It depends on if you curate your life intentionally to work within the, the tool to work for you, like Obi said. But like you guys said, if you're bombarded with a bunch of shit and you are a person that chooses to disconnect from your friends, I still make those phone calls. But I have a bunch of friends that I cannot talk to every week. And it's connected me to people in high school that I never, ever talked to. And I've rekindled those friendships that I would not have called. So I get okay, both let me, sides. Let me, have- let, me, let me ask you this, maybe. If, if you take yourself out of the equation and you think in general terms, uh, I, when the internet came out in the 90s for ev- everybody, uh, the promise was, oh, AOL. this... The <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to do the AOL guy's voice and I timed it really oh, poorly. Just you got mail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that guy. Anyway, and, and that horrible noise. Hero. But, but hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> so when the internet came out, there was this big promise, which is exactly what you're saying, Kim. You'll be able to connect with people from across the world. You'll be able to organize. You'll be able to get information at a click of a button. And you'll be able to know about everything that's happening. It's not just about you and your bubble in Kansas anymore. You can connect with people. Great. That is the promise. And when these guys on the, in the documentary was like, I invented the like button because I wanted people to just give a thumbs up like, hey, you go. And then you see how people use it and you can agree. It's like any addiction. Too much of anything is not good for you. Right. I, you know how I brought up the cable guy a little bit ago? Uh-huh. Can I uh, read you the speech that Jim Carrey gives at the end of this movie? Go for it. Okay, this movie is from 1996. So this is like perfect exactly when you're talking about right when this stuff is starting to happen. So this is from a, The Cable Guy, written and directed by ben, ben Stiller in 1996. The future is now. Soon every American home will integrate their television, phone, and computer. You'll be able to visit the Louvre on one channel or watch female wrestling on another. You can do your shopping at home or play Mortal Kombat with a friend from Vietnam. Isn't that crazy? That is the promise. That's the promise. So that's, that's exactly, promise, but that's exactly what you're saying is the promise, literally. I think what you're saying is like I see in the the movies that are like, you know, the Marvel comics or anything or like any sort of end of the world movie where there's this mm-hmm. this tool that's given and or a person that has this superpower and they say, but put in the wrong hands, it could destroy mankind or something like that. I think that's what social media um, is for us at times. It was a really great tool. It is a really great tool. But when it's put in the wrong hands of these greedy people, like that guy, I can't think of his name at this point, but he had the gray t-shirt on with the V-neck. Sometimes he looked a little sociopathic to me because he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, I mean, I knew what I was doing, but I did it anyway. Just like that. I think when you, you get social media and you get these companies, you know, like I look at Mark Zuckerberg's and people like that as like, you know, some people go, they're trying to change the world. And I'm like, no, they're just trying to make the race to be the, the I mean, when you get the to richest that motherfucker here, be the richest person, it's just a, it's just, they're rotating five different people, but that's my opinion. But the thing is, is that I think it's like in the wrong hands, it went this way and now it's become manipulation. So what I was saying, listening to everyone that I didn't finish was I think I would have agreed with you, Obi, in the way that it's changed my life in so many ways at the beginning. But what it's turned into, I've had to actually step away from because it's now become something that has been unhealthy to me. So something that definitely had a lot more pros in the way that I used it and probably how I use it is more healthy. 
but the general public, and especially coming into the hands of these teens, preteens already predisposed uh, to the triple digits range of, you know, they're in triple digits of suicidal increases and all of that. I am concerned about that manipulation coming at uh, younger ages because that's what we watched. It was okay for us to get online at 18. I didn't get online until I was 18. But I, mean, 18, I, I, I agree with every, what, everything you just said. I just like, so I you, think, the you big, think it's not sixty forty. No, I don't. I don't agree with your sixty four because fifty one forty nine. No, because this is what the re, like. Is there anything <laughs> else you do in life where it's a sixty forty split and you continue to do it? Because you can, you're continuing to to use social media when you say sixty percent of the time it's horrible for you. Yeah, but I'm aware. I'm aware of it. But, just, but you're but, been but, talking about. But you're still using it. So I don't think I don't believe. There's something you, we all do that 60% of the time when we do it is bad. We think, look at it as bad and we're going to still, well, you would change. You would change from using that. Or no, I mean, I keep that. going back. I hate to keep going back to the cigarette thing, but I do think that like we were saying, the dopamine hit heroin. Oh, it's yeah. Unless and you're like, an addict. Addicts right. know that it's bad for them and they don't give it up. That's, that's exactly, yeah, that's it. Um, like I, and that's cigarette smoking is a hundred, nothing about it is good. Like 0% gain, hundred percent bad. It just make, you know, like, uh, and I did it every day for like 10 years. So I don't know with social media, you it's can, like you 60, rationalize 40% it, right? good is like, dang, well, that's a lot better than any addiction I've ever had. Yeah. But I, I, mean, think, you, I mean, you, you have to just accept that. Like, yeah, I guess. Be intentional, like Obi's talking about, that he sees it more positive. If he's in more intentional with his life and he can use that tool to better himself and he knows his uh, limitations, you know, I, I knew my limitations coming into the last six months, and that's why I've had to back off and utilize it in a different way. I knew my limitations on my mental health and my physical health now, and I was like, I can't use it the way I, I used to use it before. So I think it is personal, person to person, but unfortunately it can't be person to person when they are um, literally looking and, at us as a business. They're selling humans at this point. Um, yeah, what did yeah. it say? It wasn't about the algorithm. I think they said that in the thing. They said it's not about the algorithm. It's not, I mean, the algorithm can change a million times. It's about us slowly manipulating people to manipulate themselves. Yeah, and we, we just did it. We just proved that we can rationalize something some way. We can make an excuse for something. We will say that we, we're going to choose to do something, but we don't. So I think it's an individual thing. It's, but I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I would be lying if I said I'm not afraid for the future of it. Yeah. Well, I'm do not you trying think, to, I, I'm I not trying to poo poo Obi here on, either. I just want to want to know because well, I, I hear you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, I, I do think that things work in waves like we're all the way over here. And we're all about social media and sharing and everything. And then slowly we're going to work our way back to, hey, remember that time when we actually hang out in person mm-hmm. yeah. and our, our phones was, were in our pockets? Like I, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, when, when did putting the phone on the table became a thing? Because your phone was always in your pocket or your purse, right? But at some point it, it was okay to put your phone at a dinner table right next to your plate face down to act like, yeah, if it actually rang, you wouldn't, you wouldn't flip it. When but, phones have the patient show, I think that's when it became more like it could be flat. The, the smartphones really changed that. If you had a flip phone or an old Nokia, you couldn't get it on the internet and get anything. Someone was calling you. So I think that really, very, there's a, I remember this specific moment. It's, it's, it's when, um, cause you, do you remember when, um, 
the mobile internet went from like the old format to HTML, like the HTML format. Like the, the first, the first iPhone was the very first one to feature like how the internet looks on our computers to how it looks on your phone. Like exactly because all right. I had the Samsung 3500 and I could go on the internet, but it was its own mobile layout. It wasn't the internet that we see. Like I, if I went to Yahoo, computer? it looked exactly like Yahoo on my phone. And that's when I noticed everything changed. Like, oh, from now on, like all these phones are like extinct. Like everyone's going to this so they could kind of go to all their same sites and watch YouTube videos on their phone. And then all the other companies switched. They all did the big screen. And it was that moment when, when the, and they made the phones, changed to that HTML format. It was a that was the game changer. It's not really the shape of the phone or what it. It's just yeah, it's green and they color. They call that out. They call that out in the do, in the doc actually. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's still fresh in my head. So when they're talking about the uh, suicide rates and self harm rates, they mm-hmm. actually draw a line where it begins to spike. It's two thousand nine, and it's the year that uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, develop uh, release their mobile apps. Well, and oh. the, I was going to say that with the with the app too. So they said. That when we think, um, when people talk about the end of the world, right? They talk about how their world's going to be ruined. They think about, in the documentary, they said, we think about Terminator, some being showing up and all of this stuff. Um, but we're already ruining our lives. There are people already dying. This is already killing people. And it's, they said that the narrative has been when something new rolls out. I don't know if you guys remember, but some people used to do this a lot. When a new button was changed or an outlet, uh, um, an, uh, uh, the way the layout would change on Facebook, people would complain. But then I started yeah. to notice that people don't complain as much, right? So the narrative was, we will just adapt to it. But what they said is that this is the largest time in history that we have advanced so quickly technologically, but we have not advanced in the other ways, not with cancer, not with science, not with um, our physiology, has not- In our brain, advanced, right? In our brain. Our brains have not met up to what the technology is doing. And it says that, you know, we think of Terminator, but we don't understand that that reality already exists with what I said before. There's millions of computers underground as we speak and underwater that run these entire platforms for everything to manipulate us as humans. So the, the computers are already running us. And that's something that I don't think people, they, they think that's just too dramatic to think of. So I think at the end of this, you know, we're, we're talking about it. It's like, you, I think how you do back. I think something goes way too far. And then eventually people pull back. Cause I started seeing something that I called Facebook fatigue with my clients a year or two ago with at Sinjin can tell you. I started seeing mm-hmm. people get fatigued with online, not inspired by stuff. Everybody started looking the same, copying each other. Every shit was the same. And so people mm-hmm. were tired of the same thing. And so what happened was some people did start to back off. And I had a friend the other day. Um, she had seen that video, you know, that I told you, you had mentioned that I was roller skating in. And she called me up and she said, I didn't know you roller skated. And I said, yeah, me and Jaden go all the time. And she goes, when I'm back from New York, I'm taking... I loved that in, the, in, in high school. We're taking the girls, we're leaving the phones, and we're just going to go back in time. And I said, we can just be here in this time and do that. And she was like, oh, yeah, I don't mean, yeah, no, I don't mean back in time. In her <laughs> brain, she was thinking that she would have to, like, escape for a day. She didn't think that this could be an ongoing thing where she went to the roller rink or she went skating outside without her phone. She thought that it was like a vacation, 
Like oh. that's what that's what flips that's what splits my thinking is when people start thinking something like roller skating or going somewhere and not having their phone is just a vacation from reality. That's a problem for me because that's our norm. We don't take our phone skating. We don't go and document the whole thing. We are in that moment, but we used to be those people. So that's what really stuck out to me is that we are, we're already being run by computers and we that's, don't see it. That distinction, like that really rings true for me because um, my girlfriend and I just got back from a little um, isolated Airbnb um, and we didn't touch our phones, but it was li- literally a vacation where we were like, and we're not on social we're media. Not on phone. So yeah. not being on our phones was intrinsically part of vacation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, whenever I go out and do fun stuff, like I go to pinballs. Oh, well, Alex knows this because he and I did a whole ass photo shoot at pinballs. But you know, I'm going to take photos of my boys playing turtles at pinballs and put them on Instagram. Yeah, so, like, you can't help yourself, right? Yeah, but everybody's again, a food photographer now. You know what? I, <laughs> well, like we talked about intention, you got to find little ways that work for you. Um, my kids or my friends can tell you that I'm such a documenter because of my health. I know I bring that up, but this is just a part of who I am. I want people to see how I lived. You know, I want my kids to understand how I saw the world, but I don't want it to become my identity or my focus. So I used to document things all the time throughout the process. And now what I do, if I go on vacation to an Airbnb, if we go somewhere, if we go on a trip, what I do is I say, okay, guys, I'm out with my girlfriends. I'm like, let's get the pictures and the boomerangs and the selfies. Let's get them out of the way. You got five minutes to take as many selfies of you looking good or us at dinner or what your food's like. And then we're putting the phones away. So it actually fulfills that I documented where I was for the two people that fucking care. And then I'm not going to pick my phone up again. And my friends have actually commented on that, that our outings are are more, um, we speak about more things that are more real. We don't talk about like, I mean, a couple of my friends kept talking about the Kardashians um, at a couple meetups. And I kept saying, I, that's not, that's not a real topic I care about. And let's put the phones away. And then we put the phones away. And then these two girls just started talking about really smart topics and really in-depth conversation that I was like, you just changed my whole mind on who you are as a person. Not that if you watch the Kardashians, there's anything less about you, but they had more depth to them when they were not on their phones being triggered to talk about something that was gossip. You know, we've been taught to bond over gossip as a society, and that's where the social media comes into play as well. We get to gossip about the president or our neighbor or about a Karen and we bond over that. So that's a problem too, I think. We just got to, um, I think at the end of the day, we just, like I said, we just want to be the star of our own show. And even, even if, uh, you know, it's detrimental to our health. I mean, the fact that, you know, for a while um, you, you go to a show and everybody's on their phone. I mean, Adam, you're an artist. I'm sure you've been on stage and you look down, and you're like, this motherfucker's on his phone. And I'm, you know and what? I'm out here well, working. If he's, if he's scrolling, I'm annoyed. But if he's taking pictures of me, I'm all for it. Because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> really? put me out on social media. Talk about how <laughs> great the show is. Like, good, with. you're playing the game. Uh, no, but I, no you everybody, mean, in fact, everybody at the show is recording the show on their phone. Yeah. Yes. But I've gotten, I've gotten like love and follows from that. So I'm like down with that. I'll pose up with people at the merch booth all day. Uh, Kim... You, Kim had me thinking, uh, this is the question I wanted to ask earlier. And if we want to hang on this topic, I don't mean to, I don't mean to switch the channel, but on the subject of gossip and especially like political gossip, 
Mm-hmm. Um, where is the, where do we feel? Uh, here's the thing I struggle with. I felt that when I was the host of Austin Mike Exchange, I was someone who had a lot of followers online who were young artists. And I always felt that it was my responsibility to say how I felt about the world in like a moral, responsible way, especially with politics. And I still mm-hmm. feel that way. Stephanie, my girlfriend, again, I'm referencing her. She is someone who's way more about like the love she wants to do for the world. She'll donate in private. She'll uh, organize in private. But then her art will be what it's about. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, I feel like I feel an obligation to say things. And then I start to feel like, well, am I just in a bubble? Am I just saying this to people who already feel what I feel? And they're giving me the serotonin through heart reacts back. And it's all cyclical. Or is there a possibility that as someone who has maybe an artistic platform or has more followers because of a role I've played in a community, do I have a responsibility to post things like, Hey, I think the president's a Nazi and you should pay attention to it. You know, like, is my voice helping there or is I, am I part of the same? Anyway, that's something I struggle with. And that's something that pulls me back to social media is the feeling that uh, not all of my followers are as politically minded as me. And maybe I'm an easy way for them to get some things that I think are worth being aware of. I think, I think it has to do with consistency though, because if it's something you, you can tell if someone is genuine, if they just talk about it because that is the thing to talk about right now. And we've right. talked about like how corporations have approached the whole black lives matter thing. Right. And they go, oh, who's going to do the blackout thing? Because, oh, yeah, everybody's doing blackout. Oh, shit. I don't want to. I want to belong. I want to do the blackout thing. Please. I want to be friends. I want to come on. The weird I thing do the black, is, blackout I, thing. I've been known as a political artist for so long that sometimes I worry that I'm alienating people. Or am I actually? Yeah, fuck them. I but mean, at least that's you're being my, yourself. Well, me, my relationship with hip hop and creating it is I think about it as like an inherently political platform that I want to use. So I don't think I never have felt particularly trendy and I don't really like the rapper part of me is like, I don't give a fuck if anyone wants to say that about me. Cause I feel like I'm going to say what I believe, but it also gets me, it also invites toxicity, you know, like I've had sure. death threats left on my voicemail, my brother's voicemail for statuses I've made, you know, people Googling God my damn. name. Like, <laughs> it's just, it, you, like, can you, what, what did you do? Oh, like Are a you, few years ago, I had a status go viral. That was basically about the word snowflake. And it was a, I don't even know if I agree with it. That's the other fucked up thing is like, you can go viral for something you're lukewarm on. So like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. you, can't, you can't pick and choose. I was basically just, criti- uh, I don't need to explain the whole thing. I was criticizing uh, right wingers who use the term snowflake. And my brother sent me this voicemail he got that was like, uh, what up? You think that uh, it was like this gravelly faced, hill- grab gravelly hillbilly voice. It was like, you think that, I'm a snowflake. I bet you're a snowflake. But then the scary thing was, he was like, maybe I'll come up to uh, city and state redacted and pay a visit to you sometime. And I was like, oh, this person figured out where my brother and my brother's wife live and called him. And I mean, now I have that voicemail to put on an album at some point, but it's still scary. Uh <laughs> Anyway, did and, you give and, away your address somehow? Did well, you have like no? Your, it was just on your Google. You they, had your pin on your house. No, they know my. They were able to Google where my brother. My brother's a lawyer in his city, so they were able to oh. find him. But I mean, turn your location off. I know. Yeah, turn I, location services off. I just uh, well, that's the thing. They just Googled him. Like you can find, you can know I live in Austin by Googling me too. But yeah. uh, I mean, that's the thing. I feel. I guess 
I'm rambling, but the, uh, so sorry for rambling. The point is, is that I feel a responsibility to be on social media to share political things because I know that while part of my fan, fan or, and or friend base on the internet is politically minded, a certain percent of them might happen to get a link or two from me. And so then I feel like, oh, at this point, what role do I play in that? Uh, and I try to be responsible, make sure it's not fake news, make sure I trust the source before I share but it. You're like that online and there, offline. There, so. there was that part in the documentary where they were talking about Russia and their interference in the election, but they were like, Russia, but they're like, people think Russia hacks our election, but they didn't really hack it. Yeah. But it's, it, this is possible for them to do it with what we the tools that are provided on the internet. It's almost like they bought like a, a like, almost like they went to like Facebook or or Google or whatever, and they just bought a sponsored ad to like show their point of view on the election. And we bought it. Yeah. We, we, cause we didn't know who, who the hell is showing us this stuff. We didn't know it was a whole country doing it for like, well, for several they months. They learned how to use it better than some of the politicians here. Yeah. They knew it was like better than all the, like their, can- their own campaigns. They're, yeah. they, they were like, Hey, if you do this, they're all, it's going to divide them in half, and this, that's what they want. You so can't be mad they didn't really have to just use our tool better than us. Well, we, yeah, like that, that's the way I saw it too. I remember that point. Uh, that's the one I was trying to remember early was just that, that part where they said they didn't hack it. And I was like, yeah, they, what? And then they, they explained it, and I was like, oh, shit, they used it better than us. And that's where the <laughs> ego comes in. And I was thinking about that when you were talking, Adam, is that there's an, um, I'm a justice oriented person. If anyone knows me, they know that about me across my old blog post, um, about, um, my ex who was in politics and my political writing. I'm a justice oriented person in my relationships. So good luck with that. Um, so the thing is, is that (laughs) to the person who's with me, uh, no bitch, uh, today, like we don't have to pay for what you did yesterday. So the thing is, um, I know that sounds a little bit more dramatic. It's not that crazy. But um, so for me, I'm a justice-oriented person. So as soon as I see something that seems uh, like injustice-oriented, I'm like, I must talk on it. I need to get on there. I'm hyped up about it. And Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily the person that is good at calming myself first so that I can make the point better. So this Mm -hmm. last two years, since actually since 2016 with the political and burning and all of that, I'm not perfect at it. But again, I go back to that word intention. I had to start asking myself, are you doing better or worse to get the point across if you're not putting it uh, out there in a way that people could accept it? So if you're coming off preachy and you're coming off as a know-it-all and you're coming off as a narcissist, then you're doing worse for the cause. And that's something I had to have a conversation with myself about. So I think when it's, it's a political thing for you, Adam, or anyone else, especially with the election coming up, um, you know, I am very strategic now and mindful of, of where, what I will put up and what I will speak on. And then I will kind of, I will kind of like lay back and observe for a little while so that people are not seeing what people see of you constantly is what becomes you. So if they just see, you're always talking about some shit, dude, you're always negative, always negative, always negative. You need to change it up a little bit. Um, and that's the beauty and the beauty and the worst part about the internet is it changes so quickly. So my friend today said, I, I announced something too quick and it, it didn't happen. And I said, girl, the internet, like, they don't even, they're not even going to remember. And she was like, oh yeah, you're right. So the thing is, is that if you can just sort of be intentional with those posts and then show your life, and promote your stuff and show who you are as a person, 
People need to trust you. They need to be able to look at you and say, I, I feel what Adam's saying. He's coming from a good place. But if all you're throwing is negative shit, negative shit about Trump, about you know the left, about the right, and, they, and you just look like a polarizing force, then people are going to be turned off by that. You're not welcoming. So that's what I would recommend for anybody that's kind of stuck in that place of how do I balance that? You know, balance it. Don't make your whole platform about one topic only, even if you're passionate about it, make sure you you throw some other things in there and you care about some other things so that you don't look as like a one-dimensional figure. I'm going to add an asterisk to that. Um, when you say, if people are put off by polarizing people, yes and no. No, because- no, polarizing, polarizing people, like uh, your whole feed where they can't get to know who you are. Like if they think- Oh, okay, well- but I mean, polarizing is what works. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I think that if you, if you set up a conversation where you have the maskers and the anti-maskers, you have the, you know, the, the snowflakes and the, the, what's, what's the, the boys things. I forgot the, the name. <laughs> the boys, the what? Something boys. Anyway. Proud boys. Proud boys. Yeah. Those, those fuckers. Oh yeah. Uh, and so the, the, y'all, y'all always, uh, you know, part of a team. And if the, the it's human to just go, hey, you know what? I'm a Cowboys fan. Fuck you if you're a Raiders fan. Right. As just, like, I'm from America. You're from where? Where is that? Nah, fuck that shit. I'm team, I'm team USA. I think it's within us to, all, to be in conflict all the time. And that is the first response you're going to get no matter what you post. I mean, I'm surprised that people still have put thumbs down to like puppy videos on YouTube or uh, baby videos. Like who are these people? Like they, <laughs> yeah. their lives is so miserable. Who are these people? That they had this, that they have to, to put a thumbs down on a puppy video. YouTube, YouTube it's its own social media. People just hang out in the comments and just love. No, that, that blows my mind. That blows it's my mind. Forum. But what I was saying is, I just wanted to clarify it. Just meaning like if you were a Cowboys fan, that's against the Raiders. Right. And every day I log in and I just see back writing like, how about them boys? Fuck the Raiders. And I'm going to be like, dude, you just posted that two hours ago. We get it. That that's what social groups will say. They're they're all for conflict. They're all for having opinions. But if your entire post of your day uh, are just hating posts, eventually Mm -hmm. people do dismiss you and you don't get as much attention actually. So it's actually known to be that if you have a person that posts maybe once every couple of days, something, or they post every two days, they get more engagement if they post post other things. Um, And the Facebook algorithm actually works like this. It likes you to post different content. It likes you to rotate Mm -hmm. a video, share something from someone else's page, a photo and a status. It likes you to rotate those things. So if all you're posting is statuses, I have some people that I had to take off my feed, which was just like status, 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 or links to people's uh, articles, article, 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 article. Facebook kind of like hides you because they're just like, they're not really doing anything to diversify. They're not a real human or something. They think it may be a bot. So you have to think of that too, is that I'm all for polarizing figures. I'm saying don't only be polarizing because that's that's what I've seen. uh, Sinjin in the... uh in the comments mentioned the, uh, the chiefs and the Texans who are standing together and people booed that shit. Right. These are all the motherfuckers who put thumbs down on puppy video. But no, but the, the crazy thing is like the, it wasn't during the national anthem. 
No, it wasn't for just standing there. It wasn't for, but people still boo them. So it's like there. So there is no excuse you can give for like they weren't offending you. Like you, you just don't like just being a dick. That's all you're doing. You're Mm -hmm. just being a dick at this point. You're just being a dick, and and the the amount of anger and frustration of people in comments on YouTube on IGN. IGN probably has one of the most active comment sections on the internet because they all, you know, yeah, video game nerds. And I'm one, you know, I'm one of them. And these are the people that are the hardest to satisfy, no matter what. If you ever, if you put up a review and you say this game is worth, is is nine out of 10 and it's a, it's a masterpiece, whatever, you're going to get some, um, uh, what's it called? Some, I was going to say flashback, but that's not the right word. Flack. Flack. Thank you. Uh, because oh, how dare you! It's not a nine; it's actually a six. And I'm like, why do you give a shit? I at the end of the like, day, why do you give a shit? I'm that in a lot of my mind. a lot of movie communities online, and I uh, feel similar. It's weird because people think they're not being manipulated by some sort of a social media, but even something like Letterbox, something that people keep trying to tell me to join. And I'm like, I love movies. That? Letterbox is like a, it's like a film social network. You rank movies, you re- you yeah. list what oh. you've watched. I keep a list of my for myself what I've watched. I'll share it every like hundred movies for fun. But I hate the five star rating system. I don't like it. I think that I don't really respect film criticism. <laughs> I respect film analysis, and like I feel like it dumbs it down to numerically rank things and it limits the conversation. But I get invited to that stuff all the time. And it is the same sort of like weird, weirdly emotional, weird emotional buy-in to arbitrary yeah, systems. Really like caught up. you think this movie, I think this movie's, I would say, I think it's perfect. Someone else said, no, it's a three-star movie at best. What does that mean? And why are we fighting about it? <laughs> well, talking about where we are, I was going to ask you guys this. Um, I just rewatched Idiocracy and great you know, movie. If you haven't, so a long ago. but then when I realized how we've been dumbing down society lately, like you're saying the, the five star rating for movies or how like gender, like I in dating, like I've never decided to go on an online dating app because I refuse personally to judge someone based on like what they could fake as like a profile and then their picture I'm not going to, I just, my brain won't, nothing against anyone else. My personal soul won't, can't do that. I can't start up something with a person based on a look and a, a bio first. Um, but for me, it's like, we've done things down so easy. So it's like, you can just swipe yes or no so easily that we've trained our brains. Interacting with people um, is not worth it unless we find them attractive first. Or the, the five stars is like easier than writing a review we have to write, we just punch a button. So idiocracy comes to mind, obviously not to this level, to that level, but it comes to oh, mind. Going we are definitely dumbing down society to where it's like millennials were known for getting things faster and easier. They made new systems and they made things newer and faster. And it's like, that's great for certain things, but it's also made us a society that's become a little bit more dumb because we, we have things easier and faster and we don't have to think through them and we can have that instant gratification or, you know, right now I'm looking at it. Every time my children order food, I had to say it tonight. Why did you choose priority? And then she, Maddie's like, it's only $1.50. And I was like, you can't wait. 
You can wait like the 15 minutes <laughs> like your pizza. No, no. Down society and we are making it just like that we don't have, you know, in, in idiocracy, they're sitting there and he's drinking out of the straw and just eating the sauce and going, I want more. I want more. Yeah, and on, on the chairs, like uh, uh, toilets, toilets. Too? like the armchairs yeah. and toilets. Yeah. And I was all for delivery groceries and all of that being sick and stuff. But now when I see my daughter do something like that, I'm like, and even like, she's the queen of, of, because of this, she's the queen of like being right here and something's right there. And if Sinjin's there, she'll go, Sinjin, can you hand me that? And he's across the room. And I'm like, get your ass up. And she's like, oh, okay, mommy, sorry. Uh, I'm sure some of y'all remember uh, when being the remote control in the house for the family. Right. All right, back, get up, go change the channel on the TV, please. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's, it's like anything. Too, too much of anything is, 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 is bad for you. Uh, you know, technology in, in, in and of itself is great. I mean, we've, of course, we've come, we've come a long way. Um, but I, I, my, the only silver lining in this, I mean, they're pretty, so in the documentary at the end, yeah, so are you pessimistic or are you optimistic about where society is going with the social media thing? And some of them were like, well, you can't put the toothpaste back in the, right. back in the tube. It's already out there. Now we just have to adapt. And others were like, well, I, I, I think that, at some point, like I said, the wave is going to go the other way. And people are like, yo, remember when we just talked to each other? Oh, I'm cool now because I actually call you on the phone instead of messaging you on, on Facebook or There's calling like you through Facebook Manager. Retro yeah. tech interest is <laughs> happening. It's, it's happening. I mean, vinyl vinyl records, uh, vinyl sales is like bigger than uh, uh, than like streams or there was some stat I forgot, but People go back to vinyl because, like, if tomorrow Spotify goes down, whatever you use to stream your music, what do you have? Where's your collection? I mean, exactly. Adam is uh, in his we museum. Bought, we have like four. We just bought another vinyl player. Like, it's just something that we went back to. You know, it was like I, I was right about to buy. It yeah, I was player. like, I want my kids to experience the things that I experienced, and that's going to be on me as a parent to take them back to those experiences. Jaden said. Is that sound like that because of um, how the record is? Or is that how it's supposed to sound when we first did it years ago? And I explained to him, that's how the record play, you know, player sounds. And he was like, that's a cool sound. And ours allows you to plug the phone in, obviously, to it and play through the speaker. And it makes it sound like it's a vinyl. So if we don't have the record, we can play it that way. And it's just a really good vibe. And I think that some of us that are having kids and being intentional or not having kids, no pressure either, but we are wanting to be more... Um, evolved society and not, I'm not going to say woke because that has so many different viewpoints, but a more evolved society. And, you know, when these things are happening, a lot of us are going back to those things that made us feel good so that we're not having the depression and the anxiety. And I would lend that uh, in closing for me. I don't want to go off any more tangents because I know how long we've been on, but I, I would like people to think about this idea of um, when I work with my clients, I make them create playlists from a time period in their life that's usually around 12 to 18. And it helps people with Alzheimer's. It helps people with depression because it takes their brain back to that state. I tell them to go and do things that they were doing artistically. I tell them to go and watch movies that they watched from that time heavily. So if they're in a depressed state, do that all day. Like go, just lay on your bed. Don't do other stuff. Don't scroll Facebook while you're listening to the music. Just lay on your bed. You know, like I remember doing that in high school. 
I would just listen to my cassette player or my CD player when I finally got one, like Nintendo too, you know, I was always behind. So when uh, I finally got that, I would just lay on my bed. And as an adult, I listened to music when I did things. And I started thinking, why don't I enjoy music the same way? And it was because it wasn't pure. So I went back to just listening to it while I lay on my bed or just sitting out on my patio. So I would just say like, you know, in order to count, like I said earlier, the anecdote for some of these things is in un if we're programmed, do the complete opposite of what we're being taught. And it's going to help our brains go back to those, those natural states that we were in. That's the only way we can do it. Like if you're bit by a snake with venom, you give an anecdote. So if you're programmed right now, you reframe, you reprogram or unprogram. So. Obi, what, where do you think is going? Closing statements, statements, statements. <laughs> you're going to keep doing your vlog. You're going to be a, an influencer by this time next year. Remember us when you're famous. Yeah, remember us. Yeah, don't forget us, little people. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all gonna be all through this whole vlog. So <laughs> I don't know where you think you're going. <laughs> so, Just make sure you link this episode. I, think, I see social media. I see like social, the whole industry of social media. Um, really, it's hard to say. There's, there's, there's like, there's a lot of different in terms of like news and in politics. It's going to it's going to progressively get way worse. Like, I think I think we're all everyone is accustomed to kind of spitting out their viewpoint and feeling validated in their viewpoint. Nobody really wants to like. I feel like society's getting to the point they don't really want the truth anymore. They just want the thing that that kind of caters to them, whether that's the fake news, the conspiracy theory people, or whether it's that's the 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 left's point of view or that's the right's point of view and it just and everyone is like hardening and that's the land that they stay in and we're just gonna as a society just get very separated and very just 60 40 dude yeah <laughs> just my point. like that's but that's one segment that's one oh. segment like you because you take your because you take for granted all the other things that it's doing in the Nothing. Where do you, where do you think it's going? What do you think it's going? You think it's going away, or do you think it's here to stay? And, and, and I feel like, and that's and in that terms, for if you're looking at it that in that way, I think it's uh, for politics and news, things that we were relying on for like truth and unbiasedness. It's that that's going to erode completely as of on in that platform. But in terms of like for our work wise or company or. There's so many different people that are finding a way to like really monetize all their social media. Before it, it was kind of just like you got to either go to YouTube or you go to Instagram or like to kind of really make money off of these platforms. But everyone's turning their following into like real money and currency and, and like like we did a last week's episode with the OnlyFans. I just I just found out this there's a guy today. This is like doesn't fit like we, there's a guy black male kind of young not he's not a model or anything made forty thousand dollars off of own, his own only fans because he had a following he has a following of of 200k that he just does like some music some underground music made he made a only fans made 40 it's like people are turning their social media into like legit platforms where they could they're they can leave their other standing jobs and just keep so it's, it's 
everything is not, it's not black or white. There's like these gray areas, like, cause I'm embracing the whole turning your, your, your whole Truman show that each one of us kind of makes into like money in a business. If like you, if you're good at kind of keeping your engagement with your following up, I think you should be getting paid for that. Like no matter how that is, like there's, we talked about the guy years ago that his whole channel is he jumps in trash cans and that's mm -hmm. it. And he has millions of followers from just jumping in trash cans and he can go and build a house for his family and all this from, for the simplest. So that's your dream. But no, it's, it's, it's the, it's not, it's not the specific thing that he's doing. It's just the, the fact that you can create I, I, something just, take out the middle person. Yes. That, but that's the, the internet. It's not necessarily social media. Social media helps. It is. It's, it, it, that's how he's doing it. He's yeah. not. He's just, just go, he's going to to uh, to Yahoo and making the money on Yahoo. He's going to social media and making the money on social media. Yeah. As, as far yes, I, I do agree with removing the middleman. Look at Andrew Schultz. Andrew Schultz has been doing comedy for ten years. Nobody knew who he was, and he was on Guy Code and all that stuff. And now that he had a comedy special, put it on YouTube for free. Because Netflix didn't want to have them, HBO didn't want them, Showtime didn't want them. Put his shit on on Facebook. His entire comedy special made a killing, and then now he's the most watched comedian in the world because every Saturday he does this monologues he puts on Instagram. Yeah, there's so many. Stories. Uh, the creativity, the, the, the creativity behind it, I think is is it's it's brilliant. But Adam, I want to get to your thoughts before we wrap up here. Yeah. My final thoughts on the whole shebang. Um, I think that I do think that social media has made things more accessible and democratized, but I also think there's a myth there where it feels like it's possible, where it really getting it, it feels as more like a lottery. And I feel like I've been playing that for so playing that slot machine for so long. So for me, I mean, I'm really grateful to everything that's been said. This has been fantastic. Um, and I'm really going to take like Kim's advice in terms of uh, just trying to be organic and, do it just notice be more intentional and notice more when what i'm getting out of things am i doom scrolling am i uh am i just going down negative rabbit holes am i comparing myself or am i having fun comparing my uh sharing my own interests i feel like i'm good at talking about my interests so that's what i want to follow um mm -hmm. but uh yeah in general i i mean Obi, you made some really good points about the positive aspects here. And I don't want to like, I don't want to like shit on that, honestly. But I you said that twice already. Well, I mean, I'm just, oh, I've said that twice. I don't want to shit on it, but you know. Well, I, I don't want to be negative about it, but I also just don't trust <laughs> social media. And I think they kept asking in that movie, what's the problem? What's the problem? I think it's, it's people. Uh, we, problems of collective action problems of asking everyone to intentionally do the right thing together that's never really been the solution for anything you can't yep. uh, you can't Good expect point. things to like people it won't happen so i want to see social media i do want to see some sort of oversight with these companies it seems like money has gotten them out of all of that and i feel like in many ways social media companies have become like the new big banks in terms of just giant conglomerates that we can't uh, ask to be more responsible, despite the fact they're kind of fucking over millions of people. So I, you know, I think I, on my own behalf, I'm going to try and be more intentional. I'm going to still keep saying fuck Trump on the internet. I'm going to still keep saying Black Lives Matter on the internet, but also in my art. Hopefully, hopefully, my dream is that someday I can be 
uh, political in the way I want to be and express myself as I authentically am through my art. And I can show up on social media like fucking, I don't know, Jay-Z does where he tweets once a year about his new album. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I want to live a private life where I can like, create. Adam, you listen to my song if you want to know how I feel about things. You know what I mean? <laughs> Before we go, if I could give you one hope is, um, Adam, because you've been through this. It seems like you've been through this thing of trying to build this thing. And Obi's talking about trying to figure out the thing. Okay, the reason that I don't put so much... Uh, worry or concern on my stardom of my Truman show um, is because I truly do believe in, in the route of authenticity. And we talked about this earlier that people are going toward the real authenticity. They're drawn more to people's real lives and the real things. And I want, I just want to stress this one thing. I had a big massive following and got paid for it, but then I deleted all of it. And I talked to back about this earlier to try to help me with something that I needed some help on with some translation. I deleted all of that and took a chance on myself. And I followed the path that would work for myself, which was true to who I am. We're not going to change the world. We can't ask Facebook to change. You can't ask all these groups to change. So you're exactly right that you can't ask all these people to change. But what you can do is ask yourself to change. You can work with you. And is it Sarah? Is that what's oh, your name? Uh, Stephanie, but thank you. Stephanie, I'm so sorry. My, my memory is not good. Short I'm time. Alex to so many people, so I get it. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so, you, and, you and Stephanie can work on changing and the ripple effects there, right? So I will say this. I, I changed and I deleted everything, started over. I have a professional Instagram that has maybe 9,000, a personal that has 7,000. What I did was I stayed true to how I show the world about what I do with my children and how I see things and the photos that I did, uh, that I do, and the travel and my opinions. Some people, I don't have a lot of followers because they don't resonate with me on that. Some of my followers left, like over half thousand million followers left because they were like, you're not Mormon and a stay-at-home mom anymore. Okay, we don't like you being so open. But here's what happened. This last two years, I have literally become a six-figure income earner from social media when I have 7,000 followers, 13,000 Facebook fans, 9,000 followers here, and someone who goes and speaks and coaches. But here's the reason why. I stayed true to who I was, and I stayed intuitive to when I put things up. And I talked back earlier about a deal, a water company. I went ahead and signed the contract back because I understood it, and we had a conversation, but I still need to talk to you about it. I signed a contract with uh, a a healthy water company out of France. And I got, I found out today after I talked with back how big they are. I would be going to Cannes film festival, flying to France four times a year, flying to Africa. And this guy wrote me because he saw my, my commercial with Blackwater that was done in LA. And he said, I like the way that you look. I liked your message about having hope through pain. And we are a wellness water company. And he's, you know, a little bit weird on English. So I didn't understand it. I didn't know if it was a scam at first. So then he, I signed that deal. It's a really big paying deal. Um, Contract for a year. I'm the face of their brand. I am the, they use my likeness in photos. They will put me everywhere. I don't have to have a big following. I don't have to cater to a a massive group of people because of that. That one person hit me. Okay. I got off the phone with back. I said, I'll wait till tomorrow to deal with the other thing. I get a phone call from the company that did the water uh, commercial for me in LA that they had me on. And they said, your video has outdone 
every other black video combined in views and, and the way it was written. And I said, well, I, that's because I directed it and I wrote the script. And they said, we would like to hire you for 10 videos to direct those videos for Blackwater and write the scripts for Blackwater once we're up and running because we're moving to California. So we want you to be there and we would like to offer you a consultant position within that the company for how you see things. So for when our influencers come in, you set the ground rules for how they film the video and how they can make it look like authentic to them. And Man, don't forget us when you get famous. So I was Shit. like, how much money are you going to offer for that? You know, I was like going to go low, but they gave me a number and I was like, okay. And I, and I just want to stress this. This is not about bragging because I promise you, if you knew what I went through lately, you'd be like, she's just happy. She's alive. But I don't have that big a following. I'm not very well liked in some groups, but the people who do appreciate those things about me being authentic to those things, I make a lot of money off of. So if I would give you any, any, anyone listening, because we're going to talk after this for a couple of minutes, I'm sure, or maybe you guys can call me, but Obi back, if you do something with your stuff, what you're wanting, and then Adam, and then people listening, you know, I love helping people and I want people to know that they don't have to sacrifice their mental health their authenticity, their time with their kids, faking their relationships or any of that stuff to be famous so that they can then get paid. As long as you are being authentic, somebody's going to see something. You only need one person to see it. You only need three people to see it. And that's where I've gotten most of my jobs. And that's where it's at. My daughter and I just did a photo shoot for $500. She sent us a vintage dress and $500. And I took the photos in five minutes and put it on my, my Instagram. It's my last photo. We made $500 to model some vintage dresses and I got to do it with my daughter. She got 250. I got 250. Well, really she got 500 because I just gave her the money, but that's how it was supposed to break down. So, I mean, that's what I would kind of focus on is the authenticity, learning how to reach your, your audience. Obi, you're going to do well with that because you're just a genuine person. Um, Adam, now that I've listened to you, you're going to do well with that back. I know you, you already have the people in. So I just think, you know, I do. Shit, well, they- <laughs> just say, I mean, you really have that. You have that ability. I mean, even just doing these podcasts with you guys, I, I want to stress this. Obi has taught me, you know, how to kind of rein myself in when I want to be argumentative. That's been very helpful to me. Adam, I learned a lot from you tonight. I can't list it all. And then with Back, Back really put me in check in a couple of those first um, uh, kind of videos uh, that I was in with him by saying like, "Don't preface, don't say this, don't do that." And I was like, that, "There's a freedom that comes with that." He's like, "That sounds like fake shit." You know, we as a community of people, if we're willing to have conversations and be authentic about what we're doing, you know, I was authentic when I said to back, well, I have to preface things because I'm a white woman. And he's like, what the fuck? No, you don't. Don't do that. I didn't, I needed someone to tell me that. But if I hadn't been authentic and I was hiding it, I wouldn't have heard that. And I wouldn't have been able to adjust some of the conversations I've had online lately. I'm surprised you don't have your own podcast. (laughs) Well, I I told you I've been waiting to figure it out. I do have... I do have some things up there. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know. All right, we're going to wrap things up. Let's go uh, dope shit and where can people find you? We always, I mean, you've been on before, so we have all those links, but what do you want to share that people should know about real quick? Obi? Me? My dope shit is I started a YouTube channel. So <laughs> I would like everyone to go and subscribe to Oni Obi. That's I fine. will be vlogging. I'll be putting out at least one video a week. So it will be great. I'm, uh, I've been wanting to start this journey for a long time, and I'm just. We'll, we'll check in. We'll check in with your how many followers and subscribers you have, and comments. 
like yeah. every every few every few shows. But I gotta say, the the modern dating videos, I went back and watched them, and I laughed my ass off. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I, and those I, were like I, ten years ago. You haven't seen I know, them? Like the crazy thing is, I had I had another channel. I was gonna, I just created a brand new uh, YouTube channel that had nothing on yeah. it. But then I, I was like, but then it showed me wait. Because back in the day, I used to make a new YouTube channel for every single video. I, I So I have like 10 YouTube channels, but I found the modern dating one. I was like, oh, go check it out. I think, I would, I think it'll be just good to start my channel on this one because then people could kind of go back and see see the growth from where we started with our all the people that we did in those modern dating series. Yeah, like the, I, was, I was in one God. of them, but men was in it. I mean, all of our friends. So it was a lot of fun. Go check out Only, o, Only OB on YouTube. Uh, Adam, what do you, what's your dope shit? Uh, I, first of all, I just subscribed via, uh, baby lion, which is my production company, uh, with my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, the dope shit from us will be, we have a project, but it's not far enough along to talk about quite yet. So I'll just promote what I did last time, which is, uh, my last name, protexter.bandcamp.com. A hundred percent of those proceeds are going to be donated this year. Cause I just want you to listen to my music and help me get my spins up. And if you buy merch or music from me, I will match your donation. And uh, there, you can get more info on that oh. at my Bandcamp. Doing that Thanks. through the end of the year. Congrats on making the Milo the Cats uh, indie show. Oh yeah, that was sweet. One of my favorite Instagram accounts. Uh, if you don't know Milo the Cat, they uh, uh, he ma- he mashes up classic rap tracks with cartoons and has the cartoons. So rap them, good, right? so good. He's so a great good. account, but he does he does indie rap showcases, and he put me on number five out of two hundred fifty submissions. We were number five uh, in the top ten. That was awesome. Big things like one. That video. Um, so that's my dope shit. Is or my my plug. Uh, is to go check out my band camp because uh, I, I, sw- I make good music. Uh, <laughs> and um, what's my, um, my plug? I don't know. At, my last name is also my stage name. So you put an at in front of it, you'll find me. Sweet. Kim, uh, besides your services as a marketing, we had like Professor Kim today. That was, that was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Professor, uh, PhD. Kim I don't even and, work in that company anymore. I just, I just own it. I don't actually work in that company. Well, we, we get all the advice for free, folks. So I hope you yeah. had your notepads out. Or uh, just, so, just keep playing this episode over and over again. You'll learn some shit. Yeah, dope shit for me. Um, I got two things really easy. Um, I think in the vein of manipulation, especially um, in the world that I work in in coaching, um, coaches can get really in there and manipulate people's brains. And things can turn into cult-like situations. So I think people should, um, in the world of self-help and self-enlightenment and wokeness and all of that, people should really um, check out some things that are kind of shining lights on the way that people can manipulate people. And there's a documentary on, I believe it's Netflix. It's the Nexium. It's a it's about a, a man that started this like coaching group, and then he had these women. Um, it's called the Vow. On sorry, Nexium is the group. But it's called The Vow, and he basically is just a modern, regular-looking dude, not very attractive, but he got all these women to kind of follow him, all these men to follow him. And for years, he had people following him just in like a coaching sense. Like I was talking to you guys tonight about mindfulness, and um, turns out he got these women to where he was getting them to count calories, be anorexic, have sex with him, do crazy things. Um, The documentary is, yes, it's about that cult. But I think the more important part about the documentary is it shows people how you can be easily manipulated by the vow, the vow. It it shows people how you can be easily manipulated by positive thinkers, 
motivational speakers, they can really get in there. And once they get in there to you, they can pretty much manipulate your brain. I'm pretty good at this as well. And I have to put myself in check. They can manipulate you and then you could fall off the cliff and do whatever they want you to do. There are a lot of actresses and models that got caught up in that group. So check it out. They even branded his initials on them. That one is very important, I think, especially with sex trafficking and all these things that are going on. Secondly, on a personal note, um, I have a couple of tools to help people. One is a mental health toolkit where it's like I said earlier, it shows you um, about 15 ways for you. If you're going through a depressed day or a rough day, you can put this little toolkit together in a little box or something that helps you. It has photos and different things that trigger good memories. And then the other thing is that um, because of the social dilemma, I have a blog that I wrote that helps with like a seven day gradual social a detox in a way that will help you be more intentional and still be able to get off. So if you want to follow, if you just want to check out notabasiclife.com, you can find, um, as of tomorrow, you can find that blog that helps you sort of inch away from the negative sides of social media and really, like Obi said, expound on the positive side. And then across the the internet, I'm just notabasiclife.com, as basic as I look. The irony. You're you're far from basic with all the experiences you've had. Uh, my dope shit is actually a book. I don't read much. I don't read books much, but this one I thought was very interesting and really opened my eyes. It's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh, uh, I've, I've, I've talked about it, uh, uh, to many friends. Uh, and yeah, by Mark Ranson, it's, it's, it's brilliant because it really, it, it really puts an emphasis on basically realign certain values that we should all share. I mean, we're all different, different backgrounds, different culture, blah, blah, blah. But um, it, it, it really tackles like at, at the core, what is it that we should actually give a fuck about? And we give a fuck about so many other things that just cloud our, um, our value system and, and how we interact that has become toxic. He even talks about, there's a great chapter about death at the end um, that, so you got to make it through. Uh, yeah, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Uh, other plug for me, uh, actually, to end the show, make sure you follow the feedback. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want to say uh, I've been updating the YouTube channel with uh, full episodes and clips and bonus clips. So make sure you go and check those out, youtube.com slash the feedback. That's it. The rest. We're doing this because it's fun. We're not doing it for the likes. Eh. I like it. <laughs> and, and the audience <laughs> eh. and the influencer potential. Eh. I don't, it's, it's just but fun. But if you um, like it, we won't be mad. No, no, exactly. Exactly. But at the end of the day, we are being ourselves on the show. And I really appreciate y'all for coming in um, so often. Obi, thank you so much as always. Good luck on your vlog. I'm saying it like I'm leaving you. <laughs> Obi's going to crush you. <laughs> Yeah, Obi, Obi's going to just kill it. I, I don't want any part of my cynicism to rub off on you at all, Obi. No, no, no. no. <laughs> You're going to fucking crush it. No, no, no. It'll, it'll be a very interest, interesting journey to, to to keep track of. So shout out to you. Adam, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Professor Kim Scott in the building. Uh, thank you for joining us and dropping uh, so much knowledge and all that good stuff. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the feedback we pick a topic, we break it down, we talk shit, we are friendly, and trying to learn some shit. All right? Thank you so much. Ciao, ciao. Peace.
Peace.